モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. Welcome to the 10th episode of the nichiest slash nichiest podcast ever. The podcast that uh, is sensitive to all types of niche pronunciations. <laughs> We want to leave nobody out here.、Um, this is our 10th episode. We finally hit 10. I don't know if that's really a big deal anymore, but Aww, it seems like it. We, we have like a number one now in front of our episode number. That, that's a big deal, right? It's been a while.、Yeah. Come on. We've been podcasting you at least a year, right? Since we、oh. first recorded. <laughs> I was going to say, some people might say that it's taken us a little long to get to 10. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to say something very nice about us, and you guys have to go and just ruin everything by. Specifically, pointing out our flaws. <laughs> the fact that our first episode, our first take, as, as we write it, is okay. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is even worse. Oh, no. Is, do, you, do you know when our first episode was? Two years ago. June 29th, 2012. No! <laughs> I thought it was only a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, actually, until you said that. <laughs> It has taken us two years to get 10 episodes out. <laughs> now, 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 I, now, I, now I'm really, really ashamed. <laughs> on, on, on the bright side, there are, do, do, there are、uh, 24, no, I'm sorry, 25 episodes of Warning Huge podcast. So if we just do this for another year or so, we'll actually beat that one. <laughs> Um, with the way that one's going.、Uh, but no, so this is.、Uh, I'm, of course, Shidoshi, and I'm here as always with my two fantastic co hosts, Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. And Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. And we are here to talk about.、Uh, See, when I say the name, I want to say nichiest podcast ever, but when I want to talk about saying it as an adjective, I want to say nichey games. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Um, well, Nishi game sounds just. Nichi, Nichi. Found a Nichi is like, you know, Nichi's like street. Like, you know, when, when, when you're used to playing like <laughs> Magical Drop on, you know, on the mean streets like Compton, you know, here in LA,、uh, <laughs> you say Nichi, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think that's how it goes.、Uh, so before, before we get to that, though, I mean, we, we actually recorded an episode pretty recently, so I'm expecting that a lot has changed in your lives. Um, but has anything super exciting happened between、uh, last time and this time,、um, not including anything related to that big gaming event? <laughs> Either one of you? No. No? No, not really. No? Well, it's hard to believe、great. it's been like a month. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm only a week away from going to Japan, so that's awesome. That is very exciting. Yes. Yes. That is very exciting. So I'm getting restless. 
I was just I was just at the Fresh and Easy, and I was standing there in the aisle looking for stuff. Fresh and Easy is a grocery store, for, for those of you who don't know. And this guy walks by, he, the guy who works there, and he says, cute shoes to me. <laughs> and, and I say, thank you. And then I say, I got them in Tokyo. And he's like, oh, you got them in little Tokyo? And I said, no, I got them in Tokyo, Tokyo. And he had this look of like, shock on his face. And he was like, oh, my God, you've been there? And I was like, yeah, like 10 times or so at this point. I don't know. It's not <laughs> a big deal. Um, so we were talking about going to Japan in, in the grocery store. But you are actually going there. Now, remind everybody why you're going there. I am going to participate in a workshop on the media mix at the University of Tokyo, which sounds much fancier than it probably really is, but it's related to my PhD studies. Now, what are your PhD studies? I don't know. Have you ever talked about this on the show? Oh, I don't know. I talk about it everywhere, so I probably mentioned it at least <laughs> once. <laughs> you might because have. You, you you have some interesting. You have interesting thing you're going after. Yeah. Well, you might have mentioned it when you first introduced me on the very first episode. I think. That could be. But um, yeah, I'm doing a PhD in boys love manga, which for those who don't know, boys love is a. A genre of manga written by women for women featuring uh, male homosexual or homoerotic relationships. And um, I'm looking specifically at parody and uh, intertextual parody through the form of like parodying existing texts like say a BL retelling of Romeo and Juliet as well as uh, genre parody. So kind of making fun of the tropes that are in boys love very exciting (laughs) now how did you come to go that direction for your phd uh i would say it's very heavily influenced by my advisor i was originally interested in um like the seme and uke pairings in boys love which that translates loosely to well the top and bottom which is sort of the one of the conventions you'll find in in bl is that there's a character that's very clearly a certain archetype that will be the top and then the sort of effeminate character is usually designated as the bottom and um but there's already been a lot of research on that and i didn't really have an interesting angle so i took that my interest in that and that's sort of part of the parody now i'm looking at um texts that sort of play on that theme or make fun of it or subvert it and so that's part of the genre parody but my uh, advisor is very interested in parody and women's writing so yeah that's that's how See, i the, did the, it the way i picture this happening is <laughs> and this and this young innocent girl who's going to school <laughs> and her and advisor calls her in one day and her advisor's been like, I've just wanted, I've wanted someone for like, you know, in thinking this is like, I've wanted somebody for years now to cover this subject, but nobody would do it. But oh, there's that Anne girl, and she's susceptible, <laughs> you know. I can, I can, I can convince her, and so she brings you in, and she talks to you about the wonders of Japanese comics, where boys are together with boys, and everything is wonderful, you know. And <laughs> and she convinces you to go after this thing that you have know nothing about, and that's that's how it happened. Is how I'm, I'm like picturing it. Oh, so. well, that's cute, but I'm a lot cooler than that. I've been <laughs> into this stuff since I was like 
13. So <laughs> I, I kind of brought it to her. But um, she, she, the reason why I'm studying with the professor that I am is she's the very first person to write a, a, an article in English about Biel manga back in 1988. So she's kind of like an wow. idol of mine. So. Hmm. But I will be very interested to see how this program goes because I've been introduced to the lecturers and a lot of the other participants, and it's about ninety percent male, and they are very. Really? Um, oh, there's a you might know Otsuka Eiji. He he's actually a manga artist and a professor, and yeah, he's there, and he has a very kind of specific outlook that I think is very different from mine so I'm interested to see how it, it, this will all go over I'm probably going to be the you know I'm there for diversity or something is how, how I'm viewing it right now but I'm sure it will be very fun and I'll learn a lot anyway so just as I'm not confused here um, so what exactly is the program I mean, is, is like are you going there just to have a bunch of people sitting around studying boys love comics or, or <laughs> is, is there like a kind of like a, a bigger scheme to all this uh, well that would be cool but um, no it's sponsored by the Katakawa research program at the University of Tokyo and so it's generally more about um, various forms of popular media in Japan and how they converge. So we're going to be looking at manga and anime and even they've mentioned idols and video games, music, all the sorts of stuff. And one of the sort of case studies we're going to be looking at is uh, the Suzumiya Haruhi series. And there are going to be a couple of the creators of that are going to be lecturing there. We're going to talk about just how media in Japan really spreads through a lot of different forms of media that you don't see to such a great extent in other cultures. Uh, for example, with Suzumiya Haruhi, for those who don't know, I'm not going to explain what it's about, but it started as a light novel series, and then they made an anime out of it, and then there was a manga, and there are multiple video games, and it just, I mean, the, there are countless examples of that now, but so that's more the theme and then i'm bringing my own interest in boys of there so i'll corrupt everyone in the program (laughs) (laughs) well so um you said otsuka ag is going to be there right as one of the people yep now is what's something he's he's worked on manga wise oh you're gonna put me on the spot i can't remember um because i mean i'm looking at his profile and it's like um Morio Senki Madara or Leviathan. Mm. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out if I have the right person or not. I'm not sure. Yep, yep. This is him. The the, the Kurosagi okay. Corpse Delivery Service is one of the. Well, ones. he he's he's worked on a number of Lolicon manga, so I don't know if you need to corrupt the entire people that are <laughs> there. Some of wow. them might already be corrupt. Okay, good. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yes. So. Um, I, I bought a car. That's not really niche gaming. Oh, so. that's exciting, that's though. Exciting. Yeah. A new car or a used car? Or? A new car. Because we had we had like one one newish car and one like fourteen plus year old car, so we're replacing the super old car. So now I have two neons. I mean, not not two neons. I have two Nissans now. Oh. There's different kinds of Nissans. So I had, I had the fun of doing, you know, going to dealerships, and that's always oh. exciting. Yes. Yes. 
but what is exciting is not driving real cars, but driving virtual cars and all the other games you can play <laughs> that were at this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo here in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, California. <laughs> now, last episode, we talked about some things. Talked about what we uh, expected coming out of E3, what we hoped of, what we dreamed of. <laughs> and it was just very funny. And I think I, I tweeted Anne about this right away is that she was basically spot on, on in her wish for what she wanted from E3. Were you not? Was it me? I, actually, I think it was me. Yeah, it was <laughs> Brian. Oh. Poor Brian. <laughs> well, there you go. I think so. Maybe no, no. You're right. You're right. Because no, that's. I I don't know why I got that confused. But you did tweet both of us. Right. I remember. You yes, did. We, both we heard you. straight yes. away. Very excited yes. about fantasy life finally getting released. Yes. So, so Brian's, as I said before, Brian's <laughs> hope for E3 <laughs> was fantasy life coming over here, and it has been announced that it is finally. And I mean, like I I feel like I played this at. TGS like two years ago. I think it's been a very long time. Yeah, because I mean, because Level Five's already moved on to that Yokai Watch game. They're they're long past. <laughs> life, so. Which so they in, didn't. In... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. No, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say exactly the same thing you were gonna say. I was like, I was expecting that to get yeah mentioned <laughs> personally, and I I mean maybe in 2017. Well, isn't the Yokai Watch uh, anime coming over here? I think it is. Yeah. Yes, that's really weird. But have they actually? I've been meaning to ask this, but I don't ask it on Twitter because I don't want to seem like a complete idiot. But <laughs> except for like the the eShop games, um, has Level Five released anything in the United States yet? They uh, no. It's but I mean, didn't they like set up shop a year or two ago? I'm just surprised it's taken them so. I mean, okay, they're doing the eShop games, so maybe that's taking all their time, but. No, I, 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 it's it's one of those weird things where I feel like they're just doing nothing with their, yeah, their effort. I don't know because I mean Nintendo's bringing Fantasy Life, and yeah, I, I don't know, and and yeah, because I mean, because if you feel like if they're gonna set their own like American branch, but they're doing that because they want to make a really big push into this country, <laughs> yeah. but they're not doing anything with it, so so bring out the other games, too. Didn't they do that? Um, did because there was the game. Like, I don't. I see, I'm confused now if it ever actually came out or not. There was a game with like, okay, there was the game where you had a ghost or a demon. Remember that game? Uh, I'm not gonna mention it. Oh, I should say that from one of my uh, niche. Oh, niche <laughs> um, they. I feel like they were working on a game where you're gonna have like a demon behind you, and then that that didn't go through. And then they're going to have like the schoolgirl time travel game. Yes. And that never came out. It came out in Japan. That one did. Did it? The time travelers. Yeah, because I, I feel like there's like been a. They, they do a lot of projects <laughs> that we just don't get over here. I feel like we're going to be ripped on for not knowing this, but I know the game you were talking about, the first one, um, it was later developed into another game, but I can't remember right. which one. It could right. be. I just can't. I have no idea. I can't remember what it became. Um, because yeah. I, I know that... Because I remember there was this big thing where, like, they announced, like, a couple different Vita titles. Mm. You know, yeah. and and they were going to become something. And then 
Um, like you were saying, the one game became something else later. I just can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, we never got to... I mean, not that we ever would, but they had they also had that that girls RPG. Oh too, yeah. That I was curious. <laughs> I think about. I'm gonna finally pick that up since this is never coming over. Yeah. So you're right. So time traveler did did actually make it out. Um, I think what happened with it was like uh, I feel like something changed about the way the game was ending up. Because I know oh. I was excited about it, and then like like something something changed about it and that's that's what it was hmm. but I, I do know the other game they did cancel and they turned into something else later i don't know if that was yokai watch yeah i don't remember either or something but hmm. well, yeah no it's like it's um level five is like a weird company like they i i feel like there's just a big problem getting some of their games over here for some reason yeah i don't know why especially Ushiro was a game for PSP that they canceled. Uh, player takes control of a Shinigami named Reichiro Ushiro. Ushiro is capable of possessing and use, uses this power to prevent bad things from happening. Trailers also show what appears to be a turn-based battle system, and that is the entire Wikipedia page for that game. <laughs> Not what it became. Nope, but it it became uh do they <laughs> yeah like i no i'm i'm like i'm like i'm like confused now because i i feel like i feel like they did take elements because this is wikipedia and like I, you you can't always believe wikipedia but it's it's yeah. saying uh april 2014 according to mitzi level five is considering new developments for the canceled psp game ushido so maybe that's what we heard is that they're thinking yeah. about bringing it back but i thought i thought like you're thinking that we had heard they were taking elements of the game and had put it into a different game but yeah I, anyway I anyway this game's coming over yeah, yeah, i maybe i'm excited maybe i'm not i don't know <laughs> brian's excited well i mean it um, might not end up being all that great but i still want to try it <laughs> i'm excited whenever we get a chance to play games we wouldn't play otherwise yeah 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 so the next thing I, well, we're going to get into, well, you know, we don't know what's going on like that yet. Let's talk about other games that we are excited to try and that we never thought we'd try mm. and that now we don't understand why uh, Square Enix are damn dirty liars when they <laughs> announce a platform that's not actually coming to, which it should have been coming to because it would have made sense. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is green, so that means you. So what? What? What's one of the big games that got announced for America? Uh, well, first of all, it's a kind of a weird announcement because it wasn't actually in a press conference or anything. It was just kind of no. one of these side ones, wasn't it? Or am I getting confused? No, no. no to, to be fair, this was a, this was a really weird year of let's announce the really good stuff in just super secret ways. Yeah. <laughs> because Nintendo did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so, anyways, this is Final Fantasy Type O, Type Zero. I don't know how it's yes. Type Zero in type English. Zero. Okay, HD, yeah. and um, yeah, they. I don't even understand what happened, but they like tweeted out, and even in the official PlayStation blog, they had a, a line that said it was coming to Vita, and then they had to amend it and say, "No, sorry, it's not coming to Vita. Just, <laughs> just PS One." Uh, PS1, Xbox One, and PS4. And, <laughs> yes, it's PS4. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's horrible. Why? 
I'm I'm mad. Like I know there was this whole thing where people were like you should just be happy it's coming out, and then the people were like, well, come on, it should be on the Vita, and I'm in the camp of why the hell is it not on the Vita? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird thing because this is, was a PSP game, mm-hmm. and it seemed like it, I mean, it seems like it would make sense to be beginning a Vita version of the game. There's been a Vita version kind of rumored for a long, long time in terms of coming our way. Uh, and so, like, putting it on the systems it's going on to is kind of weird. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I just, I think it's weird to think about, like, a PSP game <laughs> now coming to, like, a big HD version. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and why, I mean... I just want to know the logic involved that they switched from with Final Fantasy X HD. You had the PS Vita and PS3 combo, and that worked really well, cross-save or whatever and all that. I think so, or no. I don't remember now. But that would theoretically be a good idea to have cross-save and all that stuff. But then they're not doing that and then just throwing it on the Xbox One, which... Yeah, I guess some people play Final Fantasy games on Xbox consoles, but <laughs> I think the answer is that there's there's no logic to these. Kind of things. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I mean like it's it's weird. I, I I feel like it is just very haphazard. And okay, we're gonna bring this game back, but where we where we bring it to, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look at kind of the Final Fantasy remakes, and those are like all over the place as to where they are. Uh, you know, I mean, because not just what you mentioned just now, but you know, like with the the DS got some final fantasy remakes mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and but psp got some some things final fantasy wise and then this system does or this system does and it's just it's it's really haphazard this is so haphazard that the people involved don't even know what systems is coming out on the- exactly. <laughs> what's going on like that made me feel like then maybe they just weren't ready to announce the vita version yet but they i don't know that was a mess really bitter about that <laughs> but i mean i'll be honest like i have i have as of right now i have very little faith in the quality of taking a psp game and putting it on the ps4 mm. yeah. or the xbox one that's a huge jump and i mean at least going psp to vita you're basically just like doubling the resolution you know so you just kind of clean things up some better textures Smooth out the character miles, and it's not a hard thing to do, but I mean, this is a gigantic jump, right? And even just like the difference between a handheld versus a console release, like, all, you know, you can have it feel smaller and still be good on a handheld, but when you put it on the big screen and you've got these, I don't know, wide open areas and you know, nothing happening, right? right? Like a town that doesn't have any people in it or something, you're really going to notice that and it's going to stand yep. out more. Uh, and I'm not buying next gen console, well, current gen console just to play Type Zero. I've got the Japanese <laughs> version, so I guess I'm just going to go back to that. And they've um, released the fan translation for the PSP yes, version, yeah. so everybody can go play that. <laughs> if if you are legally allowed to play that, you can play that. <laughs> yes, yes. If you have a purchased UMD. Of the Japanese game, you are allowed yes, to Yes, like do me. That. I, I do advocate disclaimer. for purchasing your games. I'm not saying download the game. Yes. But if you did, we wouldn't know. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> um, so, we had a big conversation last episode of 
the great Harvest Moon War <laughs> between Natsume and Exceed. So if you weren't around for the last episode, first, shame on you. Second, to catch you up, of course, uh, Bokujo Monogatari is the name of the original Japanese series that always has become Harvest Moon. But the developer Marvelous AQL, who just, I think, today announced they are now just plain Marvelous. <laughs> the AQL has been dropped. Um, Marvelous has decided that they are no longer going to be licensing Harvest Moon to Natsume. Uh, or the games that were called Harvest Moon. Um, and they will instead be releasing the games through their American subsidiary, Exceed. But the thing is, is that Natsume owns the name Harvest Moon. So the series that was Harvest Moon will now become Story of Seasons from Exceed, while Natsume will be making their own Harvest Moon series from now on. So we talked about this last episode. We talked about, you know, what would this mean for Natsume? What would this mean for Exceed? I got a chance to go to E3. I got a chance to play both. Mm. And something kind of unexpected happened. Um, I came out of the show very, very excited for Natsume's original Harvest Moon game. Cool. And not so excited for Story of Seasons. <gasps> yes. <laughs> um, so did you, did you guys get a chance to really kind of, and I not play it, but did you get a chance to look at what Natsume's doing with their new Harvest Moon? Yes. Yep. What do you think? Any, any, any opinions? <laughs> I know, Brian. You're really interested in it, yeah. aren't you? I, I mean, I was kind of surprised by... First of all, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a nerd for, like, the low-poly kind of PS1 and Nintendo 64 look of it to begin with. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I really like that. Because... Uh, I don't, I don't know. The, to me, the latest Harvest Moon games, I haven't really liked their art style. I feel it's kind of some weird generic... I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, so I like the art style, and then when I saw the trailer, kind of with the weird Minecraft elements, I don't know. I think it looks interesting. I know, I mean, I know a lot of people have uh, expressed skepticism with how, how long it takes to do everything, but at the moment, I'm, I'm excited. Well, okay, so I got a chance to sit down and, and play. I got a chance to look at it. I got a chance to talk to the man in charge of Natsume. I got a chance to talk to the lead programmer, or not lead programmer, the lead director uh, on this game. Um, so it's interesting because, like, you know, talking to them, they kind of said some things that I thought they might say. And that's, for example, that, you know, it's been, I think, 17-some years now they've been releasing Harvest Moon games in America and they say they have a lot of data they've collected over those years of what people liked and didn't like, you know. And so they were like, we went in this project looking at what have our fans liked and not liked over the course of the series. And one thing that uh, was mentioned to me was the character design. Mm-hmm. And they said fans tended to gravitate more towards the kind of SD characters of, say, Harvest Moon 64 yeah. or the older games and things like that. Um, and that's why they went, went with the visual style they're going with. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it is a little rough, and I think it can definitely get better with time. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you, Brian. You know, there, like, I think 
like with some of the more recent Harvest Moons, it almost kind of feels like um, similar to say Rune Factory or some other kind of very like anime-esque RPGs from Japan. Like they have almost kind of like, like you were saying, there's this kind of generic stylings yeah. to them. Um, and so while I don't totally like the character designs in the new Harvest Moon that Natsu's making, I think they're a step in the right direction to kind of adding some of that charm yeah. and cuteness back to the games. I would agree. Um, so you mentioned Minecraft. It, it is a very Minecrafty game. When Natsume announced this, they said it was the first <laughs> 3D Harvest Moon. <laughs> And you're like, that makes no sense because there's been 3D Harvest Moons already. Yeah. You know, what does that mean? And what it means is you're now, instead of always being a top-down kind of view, um, you're now like running through the world and the world has height to it now, you know, where um, there, there, it's almost like, I would say if, if you take Minecraft and you cut all the Minecraft blocks in half horizontally, that's what this game's kind of like. So it's it's... If you think of a Minecraft cube, let's say, being um, two inches by two inches by two inches, you know, the, these, the, the building blocks in Harvest Moon would be two inches deep by two inches wide by one inch high. Huh. They're like half, half height blocks. Like tiles. Yeah. Um, and so you can, you can now literally just, you can dig in the ground, you can, you can make hills. They were saying you could dig down to like the water table and and make a um, a well. You can just dig up ground to reroute a river. Hmm. Um, you can do a lot of like, stuff like that, and it's, so it's actually really interesting. So you're actually, you know, building the world around you. And in terms of it being slower, I don't I don't know because one of the another, another thing that they kind of touched on was that. They, you know, from from fan feedback, they've heard that there's too much um, getting in the way of people just playing, and they wanted to play as a faster game. Yeah. So, for an example that they gave me was, uh, let's say the A button. The A button can be multifunctional depending on where you're at and what you're wanting to do. So, let's say you walk up to your your crops, uh, and obviously at that point, the first thing you want to do would be to water them. Well, as soon as you stand in front of a crop, the A button becomes water. And so you don't have to go into your backpack and get your watering can out or anything. All you do is stand in front of that crop, hit A, and it'll water the crop. And as soon as you do that, the game knows that you wouldn't want to water it again. So the A button then changes to fertilize the crop. Hmm. So you can kind of do all these steps like just automatically without having to go into your bag, pull out this tool, go back in, pull out that tool. You know, it, it knows where you're standing, what you want to do. So, you know, that, that same A button, you could instead be standing in front of a rock and now that the action from the A button would be to break up the rock because it knows you obviously wouldn't want to water the rock. Hmm. You want to break it up. So um, I think they are trying to do that in some ways. It's just a question of, like, how fast does your character actually move? What are the animations for your character? Um, you know, what is it going to be in terms of... Um, you know, harvesting crops and watering a lot at one time and things like that. So there are, there are some questions, but I'm I'm actually like legitimately very excited for this game because it's I got a chance to play Story of Seasons as well, 
And I don't want to say it was a bad game because I didn't think, see anything about it that made me feel like it was bad. But it did kind of feel like, okay, I've seen and done this before many times, yeah. you know. It was that same kind of top-down view, same just kind of atmosphere and attitude, whereas what Natsume is doing for their their first homegrown Harvest Moon is is something that really legitimately feels different. And I'm excited by that. And I had, you know, I said on the last one, I think, I had no faith in Natsume being able to make a great game, you know. And I thought that Exceed might come out the better of this, this agreement. But I... I'm more excited to play Natsume's game now. Hmm. Now, was there a demo or anything? Did you get to actually play it? Yep. Oh. Yep. Well, damn. Yep. So. And it is, I mean, like, you know, it, it's, you never, I mean, this is always like a tricky situation, I know, for, for creators. Um, but also from my side, I'm always very skeptical. You know, and I, I, I kind of said that, you know, like, look, I have to ask, you know, about the Minecraft thing. And, the the lead director was kind of like, oh, you know, I know this will sound wrong, but I never had never actually played Minecraft. I didn't know <laughs> much about it. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, you, you never know about that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. because it's it's hard not to look at this game and think it had to have been inspired in some way from Minecraft. Um, you know, I mean, I know Minecraft is not nearly as popular in Japan as it is in the West, but it's it's still... You know, it's like back in the day, people being like, oh, oh, no, I've never seen Street Fighter 2. I just came up with this idea for <laughs> for a fighting game where 12 <laughs> characters are going against one another. Then they're throwing fireballs and doing dragon punches, you know, and stuff. Um, it's very Minecrafty in some ways. And so it, it's hard to believe there was no inspiration. But, you know, I don't care. And because I think this is a very sensible way to make Harvest Moon going forward. Uh, so it, you know, it hey you know all power to him hmm. you know clone minecraft that that's that's great because i think that's a great idea for creating the basis around a, a kind of farming game so i know so Doug, I, I like i like it i like because it it's different i like it because i i don't know what i'm gonna be playing at this point and you know my fear was is it just gonna be total garbage <laughs> or will there be any kind of quality there at all and I have enough faith in it now that I am really excited to play it. Huh. Mm-hmm. So. What else was exciting at the show? Anything? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, well, why don't I mention the things that I, I made a note of? Um, yes. Which is kind of hilarious since I own neither a ps4 nor an xbox one but am i the only person in the show who has a, a new generation console as they're called now i guess yeah. so yeah. Uh, although i will you guys, are so, you guys are so niche aren't you? <laughs> right we're too cool for those guns yes. <laughs> <laughs> um well, i'm sitting here playing my call of duty in battlefield <laughs> you're off playing your turbo graphic 16 right <laughs> wonder swan <laughs> yes um, actually though, I will say as far as I can remember, I think all of these games that I'm going to mention, except for one of them is also coming to PC. So I guess we could all play it that way. Although I'm a total, I do not play games on computers, so I won't be playing any of them, but, um, uh, so I, I just liked that there were a ton of indie releases that were announced for both of those consoles and PC, 
um, like Cuphead is one of them. Um, that looks really good. It does, and I will say it looks so I, I get cool. a little. <laughs> I'm a little um, cynical, skeptical sometimes about these platformers because they some of them look so beautiful, and then when you play them, they're kind of boring. So I'm hoping that's not the case, and I've only right. heard good things about it. But I love that it looks like you know an old, really really old Disney cartoon or something. Yeah. Um, and so that's a platformer. If people haven't heard of it. Um, the other one, I'm guessing this is Ori, Ori in the Blind Forest. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't actually see it because uh, one of my coworkers went and saw it. So I, I know oh. very little about it, but. I can't actually say I totally understand what it, I mean, it kind of looks very, uh, um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank on the Wii game. Lost Winds, maybe? I don't know. There's something I... kind of. Did that make the weeks? I know that that was on. No, wait. Yeah, Lost Ones my, was on the Wii. That was... Yeah, okay. I'm confused. That was Soul, Soul Bubbles. No, <laughs> okay. No. I mean, did you did you see this trailer, Anne, or not? Did... Actually, <laughs> I missed it because I kind oh. of ignored everything. <laughs> 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 that wasn't like very specific niche Japanese stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did okay. hear about it, though. So I should go have a look. It sounds... Well, cool. I mean, it was really pretty, and it kind of looked like that whole... It looked like you're some kind of sprite and kind of like floating through kind of you know jewel filled caves so i didn't quite get a total feeling for the gameplay but i just thought it was pretty and looked interesting <laughs> and then uh um another one is no man's sky that i know everybody is talking about yeah which is another one like uh, all of these games i'm always kind of like i'm very curious about i'm looking forward to how they turn out i'm sometimes a little skeptical as to whether they're going to be able to do what the developers claim they're going to do because this one sounds extremely right. Um, you know, there are a trillion planets and you can fly to any of them and some of them are inhabited and some of them aren't and um, you can mine and you can like take on jobs. And I mean, it sounds absolutely awesome, but part of me is a little skeptical, but I mean, the, 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 the exciting part of this, if you watch like that, that video is, you know, so he's on the planet and it's cool because like all the, so all these plants are procedurally generated, um, but they're generated according to like scientific rules. So it won't just have like a, a, a purple sky for no reason. If the sky is a certain color, it's because of the chemical makeup of the atmosphere or whatever. That That's the whole idea, you know, is that there, there's rules on how these things are, are generated. Yeah. Uh, and you're easily walking around and there's like these big dinosaur looking things and stuff. And then he hops in a spaceship and he kind of takes off and then he just leaves the planet, but there's like no loading. There's no nothing. He just like, he just flies up and off the planet and he's in space and there's this big space battle and he's in the space battle and stuff. And then he sees, he sees a new planet and he just, goes over there and lands on it and that's like that's like one of the cool promises is just like this very seamless experience of yeah. traveling from planet to planet but like you're saying my concern is what is the game yeah you know like what is going to keep me in there and wanting to play it for a long time well and then i think it was i think it was only today or very recently where more information came out about it maybe there were some previews somewhere um but it was interesting to read about like like we talked about earlier, there are all of these kind of randomly generated planets, but I think only 10% of them will have any kind of life or maybe atmosphere on them. And even of that 10%, only a small percentage will have actual, you know, like human-like life or animal-like life. Um, hmm. And also something about, 
uh, like say there are a million players playing it at once, we're all technically playing at the same time and we could run into each other, but I think the developers have said that it's extremely unlikely that like I am going to run into you while we're playing it because right. it's so huge, which I don't know. I mean, it's all re really interesting. I guess I'm just curious to see, you know, how it actually turns out because it's one of those things that sounds like, you know, they've been, it's kind of like a promise that's been made for decades in terms of, you know, uh, this totally open world experience. And I mean, in that regard, I think it's exciting, even if it doesn't yeah. totally turn out. But. Yep. Um, and then I guess the other one that caught my eye was, and I don't know how to pronounce this one either, I'm guessing Abzu, something of that ilk, uh, by the Journey team. So, of course, and it's uh, underwater. And again, I don't quite understand the gameplay yet based on the trailer that was released. Um, but it, of course, looks beautiful and <laughs> relaxing and uh, everything. So I thought that... I like, you know what, I... I... I have to say, and this might sound weird, I like games when I don't know what they are yeah. when I see them. Yeah. Because it's it's not like, okay, I'm shooting I'm shooting dudes with a gun, <laughs> you know. Or I'm I'm driving a car, you know, like if it's like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing in this game, it kind of piques my curiosity. Yeah. So So those were I'm trying to think of what other games. Um I'm trying to think of what niche little like, I, I saw all the little companies that handle Japanese stuff. I saw the new Guilty Gear, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, just looks, it is so unbelievable in how they have made this game look like 2D sprite characters out of 3D models. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I missed NIS, so I'm actually trying to work out going to see them in person sometime soon. Um, but no, they had some games there. Uh, Atlas, of course, had Persona Q, which is looking right. awesome. Uh, it's it's supposedly canonical to the story, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. You know? Um, I don't know if I like that or not, but, but the game looks really cool. Which is, of course, it's the mix of uh, Etrian Odyssey, dungeon crawling, map drawing, and then Persona characters. Yeah. Um, they had the Persona fighting game, the, the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which is neat. Uh, Exceed had the Senran Kagura games. So that's Shinobi versus on Vita, I believe. And then Bon Appetit something something maybe, <laughs> which is the uh, rhythm game on Vita. I I I played the rhythm game. Oh. It's, in, it's interesting. <laughs> um, you're, you're in a cooking competition and your clothes blow off if you if you fail the rhythm parts. So that's something. So I talked I talked to uh, Kenichiro Takaki. He is the I believe he is the series director for the Senran Kagura game. So if you're not sure what these are, these are those like. Um, very busty ninja girls. They've been on 3DS and there's also the Vita versions. So I was doing an interview with him. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to, I don't want to like misquote him in the set or, or whatever. But um, one thing that was interesting was I don't know the last time I've talked to anybody who is this openly perverted. <laughs> 
and and not ashamed of it because <laughs> um this is the guy who who said and i'm gonna we we did it last time right the ass's life oh yes tits her hometown or whatever it is <laughs> this, this, this is that guy um but he's sitting there and just with this smile he's talking about all the work that went into the breast physics, you know, and how like, oh, and now when, when this happens, you know, oh, look, her shirt's going to rip off a little bit here and stuff. And, and, oh, look at the way that the skirt flies up with the, for the panty shot at this point and stuff, you know, and, and he's talking to me all to like, and he's, it, it's, 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 it's literally like you've gone to a bank and you're talking to a banker and it's just like, it's like a, like a 55 year old man with like glasses and a suit and tie and everything. And he's talking to you about banking. And that's like how serious he took this. But he's talking about just all the fan service and and perverted elements of these games and stuff. And how now, you know, oh now they've 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 revolutionized the game because now their clothes can come entirely off, you know, <laughs> if you hit them enough and stuff. And I'm just like sitting there like, oh my goodness, like this guy is just like such a perv. But he is so proud of being a perv, you know. And there's, and at some level, you have to kind of respect that, you know, because he's not like hiding it, and he's not like apologizing for it and everything. And he is just straight out, look, I'm a pervert, and I love it. And I'm making preferred games. Um, so I, I don't, you know. And to be fair, though, to be fair, I've had, I've, I have heard that they aren't that bad in terms of gameplay. Oh, they're all right. I'm, <laughs> so, I, so, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like like if if you're from what you've played of them if you're not into the gratuity of them is there is there much to them as a game well they're pretty um beefy <laughs> uh uh brawling systems in there and there's a lot of gameplay and there's a lot of customization and stuff um the 3ds version i thought was a little basic in, ter- in terms of the brawling but i've heard that shinobi versus for the vita is uh, the gameplay is actually really improved so i think that i don't know if i'd recommend anyone who is just looking for a straight up brawler to go out rush out and buy the 3ds version now but i do think that um from what i've heard the vita version is a lot better so that it, it might yeah be worth it for that um there's a you know an in-depth story mode even there are tons of characters so there's a lot of content and you know I I yeah I actually had a bit of fun just kind of mashing around and beating up on things but you can tell where a lot of the resources went <laughs> in the game <laughs> so you know they're like the breasts are so lovingly animated and then you're fighting the same like little stick figure high school girls in the same areas over and over and over again you know and so. It, the the thing that always has bothered me about this series, I think, is that when I reviewed it and talked to people about it, they always say, oh, what the female characters are so varied and they're all strong female characters. And look, they have deep backstories and, you know, they're not it's not just about the boobs. And then when I hear you talk about how th- this guy, you know, views the games, it just feels like there's a bit of a disconnect there you know it's perfectly fine if you like this stuff and you but i wish people would just say that they're playing it for that like just t- you know that's fine i i read boys of manga i'm doing a thesis on it i'm going to tell you right now i'm doing a thesis on it because i like it you know <laughs> but um it, yeah just that that always now, bothers Anna, me I want, I, now <laughs> i want you to be fair you are being unfair about this game here so i want to i want to 
tell you why you're being unfair because, and and look, I'm not an expert on Senran Kagura, so I might be wrong here, but at least in this new version, there is one girl who has a small chest. So, you know, they, they, there is a wide diversity in the chest of, yes, of, of chest sizes with like, I think, 18 girls that are F cups and then the, the, the one small girl. <laughs> But I think she's like totally flat, though. You know, so it's 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 the yes. It's I think what happened is they for, they for, on one character they forgot to bump the slider up, <laughs> and the game shipped and they're like, oh crap, we forgot oh. her. Uh, because like, it's so it is so funny because you look you look at the artwork and they all have the exact same size of breasts. They're all the same. I don't get it. I don't get why that's sexy. You know. So it's supposed to be diversity and stuff. But, but you know, oh, I did want to mention this guy, you know, is on Twitter and he like posts photos of his figure collections and that's quite amusing. I, I do have to agree that I've never oh, I've imagine. never seen uh somebody be you know, in a developer or something like that be so open about their <laughs> weirdness, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, you do and- have to respect it. <laughs> Uh, I, I then I ended my interview with him asking if um, because this was SX XC and they have Senran Kagura and uh, Story of Seasons and, and whatnot. And I asked him if they were going to make a crossover between Senran Kagura and Story of Seasons. Uh, what would that game be? And his idea was that you know you would be farming. And you'd have like a really short skirt on, so when you were leaning over to like pull the crops out, you know your panties would show and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, I, and I, I think if your crops went bad, your your clothes like ripped off. Or like that, so. Um, so it was an interesting conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, but they also at that same booth they had Occubus Trip, uh, and this is another clothes being ripped off game, but it's a little bit different take on that idea. And I'm actually kind of excited for this. So this is what I said. Again, this is one of those games that, like, a long time ago, I it was, like, my list of PSP games will never get over here in America in English. And so I was, was always curious about it. And now it's finally coming over for the Vita and for the PS3. And you're kind of just running around Akiba, uh, Akihabara, and you're beating up vampires. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a groundbreaking game or anything. But I'm kind of... Same like fancy life, you know. Like I'm glad to have the chance to finally play it, and even if it's not super great, it'll be you know a fun try. But did you see so. the man service? I hear that they had I the did. first images <laughs> released at E3. I did not see them at E3, but I think I saw them like right before E3. I feel like, or maybe during one of the two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for for so what they're doing for the American version is. They are so in the in the game. Just to be clear, so for people who don't who don't like understand, so there's these vampires that look like humans, and the way to beat them is to rip off their clothes so that sunlight, you know, their body exposes sunlight and they burn up. Um, but to clarify, cause I think when you first hear that, you're expecting it to be just girls. It, you do that to guys and girls both. It's not just female characters you're going after. Um, and so for the American version to provide equal opportunity, <laughs> they are... So what exactly are they? Are they in-game ca- portraits? Or yeah, so it's like collectible pin-up cards that you get of certain major 
enemies, <laughs> I guess. I don't know if they're bosses or right. what, but you okay. have to kind of complete some sort of quest or beat them or something, and then you get their card, and so you can, like, look at it in the game and maybe put it as your in-game cell phone wallpaper or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, mean, like, I like the fact that, you know what, they're... I mean, because that's the kind of situation where I'm more okay with this, you know? It's mm. like, okay, if, if, if both sides are being equally fun sexualized kind of stuff you know that's fine that's fine for me uh you know just like what the, and, and I, I think in this game too it's not like it's not i didn't come away feeling like it was a sexy game i came away feeling more like it was an over-the-top silly game because um like when i was playing i was just, I, I don't know if you can be anybody anybody but the male character but so I have this male character I had a female partner, and so we'd be, like, fighting these vampires, and we'd be doing, like, tag team wrestling moves to them and stuff, and she would, like, pick them up and body slam them and everything, and we'd, like, you know, hit them with fake rockets and umbrellas and stuff. And so it was, like, just really silly over-the-top stuff. And so I, I never felt... Because when you first hear about the game being, like, you're ripping people's clothes off, it, it sounds kind of weird, but it never, to me, felt like anything but just ridiculous fun. So... Um, so yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it. So beyond what I played it at E3. Uh, what else was there? Um, I I don't know if this, Brian. I don't I don't know if this came as part of E3. Or was it afterwards? This this 3DS announcement? Um, I think it was. It wasn't talked about at E3. I think it was around the same time, maybe okay. slightly before, slightly after. Um. And it's funny, I just thought of this is maybe not all that niche but um, S- Square announced that they're developing a game called Final Fantasy Explorers for 3DS. That sounds like it's kind of like Monster Hunter branded with Final Fantasy, and I know they're kind of hemming and hawing about, you know, it's not Crystal Chronicles, it's not etc., but it's clearly a multiplayer-focused experience and um it looks like you team up to defeat like summon monsters as far as i can tell i mean it's funny because they i haven't been able to read a whole lot about it but anyway i'm always up for weird stuff like that and i love you know job systems in final fantasy games so personally i'm excited I'm, about it i'm kind of surprised it's taken this long the game like yeah this. yeah you know I agree. Like I, that just seemed like a, a kind of no-brainer with the big, you know, Monster Hunter craze. Mm. So well, but it is Square Enix we're talking about. So <laughs> that that is true. That is true. No, what's the, what's the best path to take? Oh, oh no, we'll take the opposite. <laughs> so do you think this would be like a? Uh, do 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 you think they is it like a Dissidia where you kind of pick like heroes throughout Final Fantasy? Or do you make your own characters? Or are they just preset generic characters? Like, what do you think they should go for? Huh. Well, I mean, I don't think they've actually said, but it seems kind of like generic characters or you make your own. I don't think they've actually shown anything that makes it look like, you know, you're picking Final Fantasy IV's protagonist or anything. Although that would actually be kind of cool, but... Because um, that, that could possibly be interesting, yeah. actually. I mean, because, you know, if you have, like, preset final fantasy heroes hmm. i don't i mean i think all they've shown so far is a bunch of they've just said there are going to be a lot of job classes 
and they've like semi explained some of how that's going to work but I mean the images they've shown so far make it seem like the protagonists are pretty generic I mean the you mm. know un not unclothed but <laughs> you know I don't you don't notice uh... any care you don't notice any specific former protagonists or anything as far as I can tell but Anyway, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they release it elsewhere or if it's... It, this is, well, this is not what I was expecting it to look like. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. <laughs> well, I like to me, you know, with the 3DS, you always have to wait and just see what it looks like in motion. Because a lot of 3DS games are fairly ugly when they're just in screenshots, if you ask me. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I just feel like it was maybe like a more serious take, but it it does it does feel like a crystal bear or yeah. something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm probably the only one that's all that interested. <laughs> yeah, we'll oh, we'll I'm see. huge into Monster Hunter, so if it's anything like that, I might be interested. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I think they yeah have to release more information before we can really. Yeah get any sort of impression of it there's just been like a few magazine scans so far isn't it <laughs> they haven't even released like much official artwork or anything no i don't think so yeah but it's interesting that if they were going to i mean you say that they're kind of shying away from calling it a monster hunter like game and it's interesting that if they wanted it to be that they might have thought about putting it on the vita so because everybody's always lamenting that monster hunter isn't yeah. on the Vita, so for them to throw it on the 3DS that already has Monster Hunter, and if it is like Monster Hunter, you, you know, a lot of those people are already playing Monster Hunter, so yeah, well, it's interesting. Hey, you know what, but to be fair, giving it Square Enix, we should be happy it's not on, on, you know, like, mobile phones. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter is great on the 3DS, so I'm not worried about it playing well or anything, and I'm sure they have their reasons, you know, Vita's not doing well or whatever, but... I, I I do have to say though, because I was playing Monster Hunter. Is it for for you? Yep. That sounds that sounds that sounds like a like an Idol Master <laughs> subtitle something. Idol Master for you. Um, so I was playing that at, at three at, at E three and man, that game really needs some kind of. Uh, I mean, I know it exists. The the what the control extender thingy, know you know, for the called. right stick. But man, that game really needs oh, that because no, it I. Doesn't. <laughs> oh, I was I was struggling something fierce uh, with that game. Chidoshi, you're killing me. I put <laughs> I put 200 hours into that game without a circle pad. Just putting it out there. Because <laughs> I did not I did not think that that the lock on was very good. I well, I don't have a problem, but sometimes I do actually I have to use a finger to they put the control pad on the touch screen, and sometimes I'll tweak that a little bit to get mm -hmm. a better angle. But have you have you ever really mm. been into the Monster Hunter games? I've always wanted to try them, and I I I had the I can't remember which one it was now, but I had the first American release on the PSP. Okay. I know it's like sure just Monster Hunter G, or if it was just Monster Monster Hunter Unlimited, maybe or something like that. Mm. Uh, so I had I had that. I played a little bit of it, and I do have the last big English released 3DS mm -hmm. game. So, but I said I just I I've it's it's one of those games where I know it's going to be a commitment, and I can't just play it. I have to commit to the game mm. 
And that's what my problem is, just finding that ability to have time to commit to playing it. So that's why I've not really gotten into that series very much. No, that's fine, yeah. I mean, uh, when I first started, I put in a few hours and always thought it was interesting. But yeah, I definitely think that you can kind of regard it as, oh, this thing's cool, but it's like kind of over my head and I don't really get it. And then, yeah, if you push through it and everybody says there's a certain point you get to where it just clicks and then you're really into it. So, yeah, you'd Hmm. probably have to hit that, but. Yeah. No, I mean, I know people love it. I understand why people love it and it seems like a great game. It's just that I just said it, it, it scares, not scares me, but like it concerns me when I think, okay, I can't just play this game for like five hours and be done, you know? Mm. If I'm going to be playing, it's going to be like a 100, 150 hour kind of experience. And so I just kind of even give up before I started. Oh, but did you pose with the monster they had at the at E3? No, I did not. Ah, <laughs> killing me. <laughs> I heard there was like two hour lines to pose with it or something. I, I, I was... <laughs> I was in Capcom Street Fighter tournament. Oh yeah, that's right. I missed it. I have to go the, back the God, and watch it. I'm no, I'm glad you missed <laughs> oh. it because it was, it was very embarrassing. So okay, so it was just a, so they had this, they had this. They're like, okay, we're gonna have people from media. They want to play a Street Fighter tournament. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be just a bunch of people who play totally <laughs> casually. I might actually have a chance. Uh, one of the being was like me, one of the person, and a bunch of people who are really good at this game. Uh, and I was playing a character that I'm not very good at yet. Um, and I got a uh, matchup with somebody who was playing Zangief, a character I am terrible <laughs> at fighting. And to make to make the to make the shame that was brought upon me even worse. So. Of course, I work. At, I currently work at EGM, and my very first round opponent was Dan Shu, the old editor in chief of EGM, <laughs> and he he thwomped me <laughs> something good, and I I was so ashamed of my performance there. Oh. So I I was I I just I I I just just I get panicked when I play against Thank you, and I get panicked anyway when I, when I'm in a pressure situation and I didn't know they were going to be streaming it live on the internet, which they did. So <laughs> it was, Oh, it was a terrible time for me. It was so embarrassing, but I, I was, I was like, I don't want, I don't, I was going to say, I'm glad I tried, but I'm not even glad I'm, I tried. Oh. I should never have tried. I should have just gone home and not even oh. attempted it. Um, but what I would try <laughs> if it was ready, I would try final fantasy explorers this month uh because this month is a great month to play <laughs> rpgs from japan oh what a segue <laughs> and while i can't i could play monster hunter or any other number of great fantastic japanese rpgs uh and Anne, tell me why i could play those this month <laughs> well shinoshi <laughs> as you know i do monthly community game alongs where i pick a theme and encourage everyone to play a game that fits the theme and chat about it on Twitter or write articles for their site or NeoGAF or what have you. And for July, we're doing JRPGs. So I've dubbed it JRPG July. And um, yeah, you can play any JRPG you want. I even include SRPGs and ARPGs. 
any RPG that's made in Japan, really. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, yeah, and unfortunately, since I'm going to Japan, I don't know how much gaming I'm going to be doing anyway.、Uh, I've been. You know, contemplating starting Persona 4. I've been talking about it forever and I just don't do it. So maybe I'll finally boot it up on the plane or something, but I don't know. I, I know, Brian, though, you said you were thinking about trying something. Yeah, although it's funny, I'm like, I'm probably in the middle of th- two or three RPGs, but I might try.、Um, oh, one of the old Final Fantasy Legend games for Game Boy, the third one. Because、ah. I've played the first two and I loved them, but for some reason, the third one, I think I just ignored it completely or I played it and didn't like it. I can't even remember, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Hopefully, it will survive better than you know, my playthrough of Atrium Odyssey 4 <laughs> and Dempaman 3, all of which are stalled at various、mm. points. <laughs> Now, I'm trying to think of what, what recent JRPGs there are that would work. Um, if you want to go something brand new, because I know、uh, Atari Rodona Plus just came out on、mm. Vita.、Yeah. And I don't know if it counts or not, but there's a game I'll be talking about later in cheerleading that might count as a kind of sort of RPG.、Um, mm. Natsume just had a, a, a weird little PSP RPG release, End of Serenity. Oh, yeah, that's right. That came out.、Um, who else has had big RPGs recently? I feel like there may be like one other one in the past month or two.、Mm. Now, obviously, of course, you can always go back to older games, but there are also brand new titles that have just hit that you could、uh, join in the fun.、Yeah. Of course. Or you can make your own Japanese RPG with RPG Maker and then you can play through your own Japanese RPG. You could also do that. That'd be a lot of work. <laughs> yes.、Um, is there any other news that we want to talk about? There's some weird <laughs> gacked thing on, on our show notes. Yeah, I don't know. I, actually, I, don't, know what, I don't know what, I don't know what either of these last two things are. I don't know what these things are. Yeah,、so. we can call it Anne's News Corner since they're, <laughs> they're both mine. <laughs>、um, well, first of all, I literally just learned about this this morning, but I'm really excited.、Um, so, for those who don't know, Gact is a famous, infamous Japanese singer who's very, very weird, and he actually might. Be known to some gamers because he provided the music for Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> he has his own game, it's a character that was modeled after him called Bujin Guy <laughs> for the PS2. <laughs>、um, and he's a very eccentric、uh, guy who's kind of. He's actually turning 41 on Friday, which is really weird because I've <laughs> been you know, a big fan of his since.、Uh, You know, middle school. So he kind of never really aged until all of a sudden I was watching this video today、mm. and I'm like, oh, Gact, you're, you're old now. <laughs> Poor guy. That's,、uh, that's, that's, that's really the worst when that, that point hits. Like people who like, don't age at all and then like just 20 years catch up with them in like Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and,、um, yeah. But anyway, so Nestle Japan is doing a Let's Play YouTube series where they feature Gact every day playing a new retro game for about 10 minutes. And the first one was Mega Man 2. And 
it's just it's just the funniest thing he looks so unamused and he's got like this giant (laughs) fancy car behind him at the beginning of the video they're like so what's the setup and he's like talking about his car and it's like i think it's filmed in his house or one of his houses or something (laughs) and it's just super strange it's like maybe he just needs money i don't know he probably is fine but um so if you want to see gact look old and be unamused by and very bad at (laughs) video games then it's kind of good for a chuckle but unfortunately they're not subtitled in english as far as i can tell so it's all in japanese Mm. but it's just goofy thing so every day for a full year they'll be uploading new videos with different games i guess (laughs) then yes yes they literally had him let's see i mean because if you play for like 10 minutes every mm. game that's what six six games an hour (laughs) right so if you have six games an hour Let's say they have him do it for eight hours a day. <laughs> it's 48. And you have 365 days divided by 48. But a week's, a week's worth, if you're doing, playing games for eight hours, which I obviously you would not be doing. But if you played games for eight hours a day, 10 minutes a game, get to about a week. And then have, you have one year's worth of content. Yeah. So I wonder if like, that's what they did, did. Just like had him play everything. I like, imagine. Really yeah, they must. Okay. Yeah. Can't believe he's really sitting down every day to play a game. <laughs> but I mean, okay, okay. Let me ask you: Can do you know for certain he's playing it? Like from the video, can you for sure tell that he's playing it? Oh, that's a really good question. I feel I. <laughs> mm, they show they show Cause, cause, him you, and they show the game, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually show his hands on the controllers. But he has like mm-hmm. a coach mm-hmm. telling him what to do, and mm. he's like <laughs> reacting to the things that are happening, but. Uh, you know what? It, you'll have to keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I'm going to look for his hands. Reactions. I want to see like, if, that <laughs> right. his hands are holding a controller and he's like doing things. See, that would be funny. That Yeah, they've just been a whole day like filming like <laughs> random reactions to stuff happening. Yeah. And then they just paired up with like video of the uh. game. They're, he only filmed for an hour and then they're just going to reuse that footage over and over again as like reactions <laughs> to various situations. Yeah. yeah, it's the exact same reaction every single time. <laughs> Uh. So what's okay, the last thing? The last thing, some Otome game news, which is very exciting. Um, oh. The company behind a game called Oz Mafia recently announced themselves that they will be making an English version of the game. Now, this was the first one-year anniversary of this game, and they I don't know if they did anything besides post it on their website. I think there was some kind of live stream event for the one-year anniversary where they said, hey, we're working on an English version. But there's no news as to a release date, you know, who's involved in the localization process or anything like that, just directly from the company themselves. Um this is this is kind of based on Wizard of yeah, Oz. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's a mafia hmm. of Wizard of Oz characters. <laughs> so you've caught like you can date the Scarecrow and the Lion, and I guess there are other mafias in the world based on other fairy tale characters. Like there's the Grim Mafia with fairy tale characters or something. I don't yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
But mm. uh, the the person who did the art is um, fairly famous, and the game. I guess the game has a big following. Like I haven't really followed it at all, but I guess there are people out there that like it. So uh, it's always good to get more Otome games. So hopefully it doesn't take five years to come out. Interesting. And is it is it an online game or a mobile or what it what is it for? So uh, at the very least, it's on the PSP. There might have been a PS2 oh. version, but I imagine cool. it will be a PSP version. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, it's gonna be a UMD release. <laughs> game stops everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've been you know going through and updating a lot of PSP Otome games and bringing out Vita versions. I don't think they've announced a Vita version of Oz Mafia, but I may be incorrect because there are a whole bunch that are coming out over the next few months that are basically ports. No, it was so like I mean, uh, last time I was over there for last TGS, like looking at the I mean, I knew the PSP. I, I you know. I know the PSP sections gonna be a lot of that kind of stuff, but I didn't realize how much Vita was already as well. Mm. Is there, like, it's 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 funny looking at seeing you know those selections here in America, and then going to Japan and seeing the selections there, and just how I mean the PSP was like just unbelievable um, how much stuff there was. But even like the Vita like had a, a decent, from what I remember, had a pretty decent selection already. Yeah, so. they're doing a pretty big push. Specifically with um, Automate, uh, they did, I think they published um, Sweet Fuse even. But um, yeah, they're pushing a lot of games onto the Vita right now. But even though the good old PSP has been discontinued and won't be in production anymore, there will be Automate games releasing on it until at least February 2015. (laughs) Because there's a release date (laughs) for an upcoming game, which I find amazing. I mean, they were making games for the PS2, like, years after they were (laughs) producing those. So, yeah, good old PSP. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like there's even still, like, a few physical releases coming out on PSP in America. Like, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like there's still at least something. Like, uh, what was the one that Victor Ireland was doing? Was that Class of Heroes? Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a little while ago, though, I think. Yeah, but wasn't there a part two that maybe they were going to... I thought that was PS3 only this time around. Or was it? But okay. I might... Don't quote me on that. So I, I could be crazy, but I, I feel like for some reason, I feel like there's still at least yeah. something coming out on PSP. Yeah. On, I mean, a PS game on UMD here in America. I could be You're wrong, but... Right. Like an XC game or something? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway, that doesn't matter because it's time for cheerleading and we have gone back to being actual cheerleaders. <laughs> we have our we have our outfits back on, the, the little skirts and the pom-poms and everything. We have those back. We are not harassing anybody this week. We can't promise for next week, but we are actually going to talk about games we are excited for, all three of us. Uh, and Anne is going to kick things off, as she always does, because that's mm-hmm. the rule. All right, well, today I'm going to talk about Magical Beat, which is a download-only PS Vita game that just came out. Uh, it's a developed by Arc System Works, the guys who do the Guilty Gear games and the Blaze Boo fighting games, and it's a rhythm puzzle game. Uh, I'm really bad at explaining puzzle games, but <laughs> try to <laughs> try to make some sense of it. Basically, you... It's like 
Puyo Puyo or Tetris, but you're, you're always in the versus mode. So you're up against another AI player. And a song will be playing and you have a little meter that shows you the beat of the song. And there's a, sort of a little window where you can push the X button or whatever to bring your puzzle piece down onto the board. But if you miss that window and you don't have the right timing, you basically screw up and it screws everything up. So you have to have the rhythm portion down and then you've got these little colored blocks that you're matching up to make combos, just like any old puzzle game. So you've got the, you know, you're rotating your pieces and trying to figure out where you want to put them on the board so you can match the colors and get a high score. And you're also looking at this meter or, you know, if you're better than me and you don't have to look at the meter, but you know the rhythm of the song, then you're just kind of pushing the X button with the rhythm of the song. You should you should not be looking yeah, at that. Yeah, well, I'm not good yeah. at ri- I'm not, not good at rhythm at games, Shidoshi. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't I haven't upgraded to that stage where I'm not looking at the meter anymore. But uh, it's it's only ten dollars, so it, I think for what you would expect, it's kind of a small small game. I mean, there are three modes. I've only been able to beat the easy mode, <laughs> uh, and then. There's no online multiplayer, which is kind of a shame, but there's ad hoc multiplayer, not that anybody would ever do that. I don't know if you could ever get two people with a Vita in the same room at the same time. <laughs> well, I don't know. I barely know anyone with Vitas over here, much less players of Magical Beat. But <laughs> I think it's really cute. And there's some Vocaloid music and Boys Blue music and maybe even Guilty Gear music for download. You can like download the... Uh, they have unlockable and DLC characters from their fighting games, and it's just very cute, kind of. Just j- just to clarify, um, all songs with lyrics in this game are Vocaloid songs. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but but don't think of it in terms of oh, this, these are Hatsune Miku songs or whatever. I I'm I've I feel like the the pack they used was Miku. Mm. Um. But they're not like, okay, these are Hatsune Miku songs I know. It's just like, okay, all the songs that have vocals, they go through the Vocaloid uh, software. Um, so that's like a really interesting aspect. Because mm. it it's not like a Project Diva or anything where like the, the songs being well-known are, are the catch. Because, you know, the, the most well-known songs in this game are, would be like the Blaze Blue stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I have heard um, some people are already turned off by the fact that it's got Vocaloid music in it, but really it's just electronic-y music that happens to have a synthesized voice, so I don't think you should, you know, uh, shy away from it because somebody says that it has Vocaloids in it. It's just, you know, f- fun, fast-paced yeah, game. Yeah, it, it's, mm, it's, it's tough because um, this is a very niche game <laughs> yeah you know i i, I mean um it, it's 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 already it's already a weird combination in the puzzle and the rhythm game aspect uh and then that's a very specific because it is vocaloids you have to have people who like vocaloid music but then it's not popular vocaloid music um like i like it but it is kind of you're you're either gonna like it or you're gonna absolutely hate it and i i can understand why people would mm-hmm. hate it so, 
yeah, like I was a little shocked to see us come over. Like, yeah, I'm glad it yeah, did. I didn't expect it. And there to wasn't, come there over. wasn't, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of translation work it needed. I mean, anything the most was just like the, the character profiles mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's there is a demo, I believe. So try the demo first, and don't just expect you might like this. Either if you like rhythm games, if you like puzzle games, or if you like Vocaloid stuff. Like all three, don't expect you're going to just like this right away. I said, I, I think it's a cute little game. I, I really do like it. And I think the combining of the rhythm and puzzle is a really neat aspect. Yeah. Actually, um, by the way, you know, I just talked last week about, or last episode about Gunplea, gun uh, that the yeah. rhythm puzzle game. But I think this pulls off the rhythm puzzle aspect a lot oh, better. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does feel like a rhythm puzzle game, not something that they're kind of trying to convince you is a rhythm puzzle game. <laughs> yep. So. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I wish there was a little bit more to it, but yeah, no, they definitely feel like it definitely feels like um, it's missing something. Yeah. But for you know, ten dollars, like I it, I can't complain honestly. I mean, it doesn't have to be a massive title, or you know, it doesn't have to have huge replayability. I think it's still fun for what it is. I, I, I do wish it was online, and I think that, I mean, it's tough because being online, the rhythm, like, rhythm's uh, tough because yeah. it's so timing demanding. But the thing is, is, like, if you were sending, let's say, junk blocks over to your other opponent, then all that would matter is just syncing up enough to know on which beat to the junk mm-hmm. blocks. So I I think that could work. So it is kind of a shame that it wasn't on, it, it, it isn't online at all. Yeah. So... Anything else about no, that? No. Then I think it's time to uh, know whether or not I like Brian anymore. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tell me what he says. No, no, no pressure. Hey, pressure we are. We already said though that we're all cheerleading, so I guess I'm no. going to say something. No, I'm, I'm. I'm very curious. I'm very curious because, you know, we talked last week. I'm going to spoil your game. I'm sorry, but we well, talked yes. last week about about your life. Um. I, I gave my reasons for having some concerns about it, and I, I know it, this is, it's weird because the, uh, if you follow me on Twitter at all, you'll know that uh, on last Friday, which just for people who don't know what last Friday means when they're listening to this, that would have been June 27th. Um, I played a game that really bothered me because of something it did. Uh, you know, so Tomonachi Life was more of a, I kind of disagree with this this you know, direction, and there was something that kind of, on a personal level, weirded me out a little bit, yeah. you know, but I was curious to see uh, what other people's experiences w- would be like, and especially yours, so I'm very interested to hear uh, what you ended up thinking about it. Okay. Well, I mean, so I guess if people didn't pick up on that, my game is Tomodachi Life for the 3DS, um, and probably anyone who is like, kind of peeked in on my blog, or maybe on Twitter, would know, like, I have gone into this game very uh, with a fairly skeptical uh, eye, let's put it that way, um, based on the fact that Nintendo basically did not alter anything to make it possible to have gay relationships in the game, at least not without, you know, kind of going through a workaround. Um, and so, I, I mean, the only reason I ended up picking it up was to see how I felt about it. 
Um, so I wasn't entirely sure that I was going to like it. And I will say, like, our conversation last time prompted me to do some things that maybe I wouldn't have done if we hadn't, if I hadn't heard, uh, you know, your thoughts and what you went through. So hmm. um, when I played it, I, am I set up as a girl? I can't remember. So I set myself up, or I created my character, which is what you do at the start of the game to create your lookalike. Um, it's a me. Um, I actually created it as a female, made myself look like myself. My name is Brian. Um, but so in, I look and my name is a boy, but basically I can attract males in the game. So I made myself kind of pseudo gay. Um, right. And of course, the only actual issue with that in the game is that they refer to you as she and her, which whatever. I mean, ah. I don't like that, but it doesn't bother mm. me either. Um, and I also avoided putting my husband in the game because I was like, I'm not sure ah. if I really want him to, you know, find another spouse. So I didn't even put him in. And it's basically just either celebrities or like game developers. So see, you're cheating then. You're, so you're, you're avoiding like all of the like real, really dramatic moments when you would have well, right. hit up against it. I, I actually thought about that recently. Like maybe at some point, I mean, I don't know. Even though I'm enjoying the game, I don't know if I really want to buy a second copy at some point. Maybe I'll just like mm -hmm. delete my file and start over because I really do think I should actually try it as I'm supposed to, quote unquote, just to see mm -hmm. how I feel about it. Um, although I will say one thing, as much as I'm enjoying it, um, there is no way in hell I will buy another one if they do the same thing the next time around. I mean, if another one comes out and they don't allow gay relationships without a workaround... I don't care how much I enjoy it. I'm not buying it again. It's just a... Well, let's let, let's get into that after you're done sure. talking about the game because I think there's an interesting conversation about sure. that to have. So. Um, so, but other than, I will say, other than that, I am actually really enjoying it. And I don't even know why. I mean, there are times when I'm playing the game and I guess people might need to know what the game is about. You're, you're on an island. Uh, there is an apartment building in the middle of the island. Uh, surrounding the apartment building are, you know, there's like a shop that sells food and a shop that sells clothing and a shop that sells um, interiors. And there are various locations you can visit or your Mies can visit, such as a park, an amusement park. Um, I don't even remember what else. A cafe. Um, and so you aren't actually controlling your character or your me or any of the other Mies that you, you literally populate your apartment building with whatever means you want. You can scan them in through QR codes, you can create them yourself. Um, and so basically you just check in on the game and you know, you'll click on a window of an apartment building and see that someone needs help with something or someone's hungry or whatever. And so you'll peek in on their lives, give them food, change their clothing, blah, 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 see them at the park or at the beach. Um, and it sounds, I mean, that probably sounds completely boring and I'm sure it is to a lot of people, but I keep finding myself picking up the damn game and like, oh, I want to see what's going on. Or, you know, actually like certain times of day, certain things happen. And my favorite thing is, I can't even remember what time, 2 to 4 p.m., a thing called Tomodachi Quest happens, <laughs> where there's this little, uh, RPG where you'll fight like, uh, Oh, I don't even know, a giant croissant or, uh, you know, <laughs> giant glass slipper. <laughs> um, and so to me, I guess I like the humor. I'm surprised that they were Nintendo was able to pull off this kind of 
silly humor. I mean, I don't even know how to describe the humor. It just, it's well written. Um, and, and the different characters you put in, I'm, <laughs> I put in people like uh, Cher or uh, my favorite tennis player and, you know, Miyamoto and various game developers. And for some reason, just seeing them interact and get married and um, fight with each other and the little snarky things they have to say. Um, I don't know. It keeps bringing me back. And the funny thing is I'll, I'll be playing it and I'm like, I don't really know why the hell I'm playing this anymore. I need to stop. <laughs> or I'll say, okay, I've seen everything there is to see. I'm bored. I'm not going to play it again. And then the next day I'll pick it up again. Um, so I'm surprised to say that I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I mean, there there is a nice element to it in the fact that it's a game where you can just turn it on and just have it have no expectations for you. Yeah. I mean, there are like, okay, I'm hungry, yeah. or okay, I, I want new clothes, which by the way, you know what? I bought you clothes yesterday. <laughs> Why are you all of a sudden now wanting new clothes again and when you're not appreciating what I got you yesterday and that really pisses me yes, off? Okay, yeah. Oh, but, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, like, little things like that, but it, it, it literally is just kind of like it's like a fish tank, you know? Like, other pets, you'll okay, feed them and walk them and take them to the vet and all this kind of stuff. And this is just like, you know what? I don't want – I mean, it sounds bad. You're saying I want a game where I have to do nothing but just <laughs> open it and look at stuff, you know? But that's what it is. So it's, it can be kind of like I just – I'm going to sit down and I just want to do something that's not that demanding kind of game. It's totally mindless. And, and really, like, yeah. to me, this is definitely the kind of game that there – a lot of people, it is not for them. They are going to hate it. They're going to find it boring. And that's why I admit that there's a part of me that I feel bad for enjoying it because it just feels like, it feels like a mobile game, you know, a bad mobile game in terms of I'm just wasting my time clicking on things. Why am I doing this? So there's a bit of shame in that. But um, actually, it's funny. I was thinking today, it actually reminds me of this is the kind of game that Nintendo could make for smartphones or because you're literally never doing, you're not using the deep, the control pad, the slide pad, you're not using buttons. You're just touching the screen all the time. Um, so it could easily transition somewhere else, but I don't know why I mentioned that, but, um, no, yeah, I, I agree. Totally. Um, so I don't know. I'm still wary of how long it's actually going to last. I mean, at some point, I have to imagine it, it it fails to be interesting anymore. You see everything and you're like, okay, I've fed this, you know, I've fed my lookalike 3,000 times and <laughs> I've seen all the reactions. Um, but I, I already feel like I've put enough hours into it that I got my money's worth out of it. So I don't feel bad if I turn it off tomorrow and never play it again. But um, so I don't, I, I think it's one of those games though where. Um, I think they're finally going to make a demo available to everyone eventually. So far, it's kind of been some limited release, but it's a game where I would recommend if you can get a demo from someone who already has the game, trying it out that way, because it just might not be your thing, and it, you might find that it's really cute, and it is your thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, next game comes out. <laughs> so there's 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 two there's two sides to this question. There is the Japanese side and American side. 
I want to know, do you, do, you, do you think the next time out to your life comes out in this country mm-hmm. with the option for, for homosexual relationships? Um, <laughs> sadly, the funny thing is, I really don't see that, like, especially, I don't see the Japanese game including it. And then I don't see either Nintendo of Japan either allowing Nintendo of America to do it or Nintendo of America caring enough to do it. But then again, I also just don't see, I honestly don't see how they could release another one without doing it. I mean, I think they, it caused enough of a stink this time that I'm surprised in a way that they got away with it. And I don't know, uh, if they do, I think they're going to deal with a lot worse reaction than they did this time. I I think that there's no way Japan does. Yeah. Because they don't yeah. care. They just don't care. And Japan at this point in time as a society doesn't yeah. care about that kind of aspect. Um, so I think it's all up on Nintendo of America. And I, and, and I, I got some flack sent my way by it, which I need to go back and respond to, but like on uh, NeoGAF for, for saying basically kind of this thing, but... I think Nintendo's response, and to be clear, this is Nintendo's response and my response. I think the response is, you know what? We we took a chance in this really, really crazy, weird, obscure game. And when we did, you guys bitched at us because of, because of not having all relationship options. So, you know what? We're not going to just do it anymore. They might. Like, I mean, I don't think they're going to say that openly at all. I do absolutely positively do not think that they'll say that publicly. No. Um, but I, I think that could very easily be their reaction mm-hmm. because, you know, if you look at Nintendo of America over the long haul, there's been a lot of times when they just don't care about, about, you know, what, what fans want. It's more a question of what they think makes the most business sense. You know I mean? Where is mother three <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at this point? You know, where is that game? They, they openly mocked people asking about mother three as part of their E3 presentation or what game they didn't, but they allowed, yeah the robot chicken guys to, to, to do that, you know? Um, well, well, okay. So one thought I have is that to me, if, if literally I'm hoping that's not, but if that was the kind of uh, general reaction um, from Nintendo of America that, you know, like, you know, a huff that, you know, well, we <laughs> brought this game over that everybody's wanted and all people could do is complain that there weren't same sex relationships. Well, to me, if they actually felt that way, that is the stupidest reaction possible in 2014 you cannot exist as an american company in 2014 and not know that that would possibly be an issue and to be clear i'm not saying that, that that's exactly what they're right feeling. no I'm you're saying, right i'm saying i can absolutely believe that would be right. the reaction i would i would love to say that it's i would love to hope it's not but I, um right. but i i can absolutely see that being their reaction and i i don't know if it's a question of is Nintendo of Japan allowed or not? I, I I would like to think that Nintendo of Japan is smart enough to say, look, if you guys in your end think you should do this, just go ahead and do it. And to be fair, Nintendo America has done major revisions to games. I mean, you look at when Oendon came over here as elite mm. beat agents, that was a complete reworking of that game yeah. for the American audience. You know, so... I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I, that's the problem is, you know, changing the characters and the songs in the game versus 
allowing a relationship option that I think Nintendo could still see as being, um, what's the right word I want to use? Not dangerous, but like a hot issue, you know? Yeah. Like I, I, I wonder if Nintendo wants to even get into the middle of that conversation. Like, I, I think, you know, you look at a company like EA or a company like BioWare, I, I think it's no problem. You look at even a company like Sony or, or Microsoft, I think they have no problem with that. I think Nintendo, you know, I mean, this is, this is the, this is the uh, company that killed Swapnote <laughs> because a few people were using it improperly. You know, they were that paranoid about what parents and families would think. Yeah. So I I just like I feel like if Nintendo does that and then a family sees all of a sudden wait why is this 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 boy character asking my boy's character to get married you know I think Nintendo doesn't want to deal with that I guess I just I said again again this is my personal opinion I don't have any facts or any reason to prove as saying this is what Nintendo's thinking I'm just saying I don't personally think they want to deal with that You're probably right Although I still, I don't know, I just have, well, I guess, no, you're saying the solution would just be that they won't release them anymore, which is extremely possible. Um, yeah, I, and I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I do believe I've heard the fact that Tomodachi Life is doing better than they expected. Yeah. But unless it does super great, you know, I mean, again, you look at, look at, look at Mother, right? Look at the fact that we still don't have that game. Look at the Operation Rainfall and the fact that, that what Nintendo, didn't they release one of the three games? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it, was it only one of the three games? Yeah. yeah. As, as few games as that system had and as much goodwill as that would have caused, it took them years and years and years to get around to releasing one of the three games that they had released in Japan for that system. You know? Uh, uh, Nintendo of America just plays by their own rules on everything, and there's there's been plenty of games they've passed up. We never got uh, the the Tingle RPG. <laughs> we never we never got um, the uh, another code, another R, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, um, we never got was it Last Window yeah. for for DS. We never got Captain Rainbow. Um, we never got the Fatal Frame. Wii game that I believe Europe got. Yeah. Uh, Disaster Day of Crisis came out in Europe for Wii, and we never got that over here. Um, I think if this was Nintendo of Europe, it'd be a very different situation. I, I think Nintendo of Europe would, would actually consider things and stuff. But I think Nintendo of America seems to, for years and years and years, have this policy of just, you know what, screw it. We're just, we just we would rather, and I, I hate to say this, but this is like how I feel. It's like they would like rather just not release games than. Do what people are wanting or expecting of them. <laughs> you know, it's it's like their way, their way, their highways. What it feels like too often. Oh, that might be. So, so I I think it's sad, and I would love to say like Tomodachi Life Two comes out and it's got that option, and everybody's happy. Um, but I I have no faith in it happening. Although I will say, I mean, even though I'm enjoying the game, it's not like it will be the. Um, biggest loss in the world if we don't get another one um, considering they're probably just going to very barely iterate on it anyway <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> um, you know I don't know 
it'll be very interesting to see either way. But I, I, <laughs> I hope that if they do somehow release it, it if it doesn't include um, an option for same-sex relationships, I would not want to be them to probably deal with the reaction to it. <laughs> At that, I mean, you know, we're considering probably four years down the road or three years down the road. I just can't see that going tremendously well. But I, I would, I would, I would, I would so love to be wrong in this situation. So. Yeah. Uh, and any thoughts before we move no, on? No, no, just pretty much the same as you two. But, you know, it's interesting you brought up Nintendo Europe because, I mean, the game did come out here. Um, why do you think that they didn't... You think it's because the people were making the big stink in America? So europe didn't consider adding the option in for same-sex relationships or you know because they could have theoretically right or no that's you know nintendo of america handled everything so mm. they'd be in charge of that i feel i feel like that's a good question i mean i i I, I, I kind of feel like that it wasn't happening no matter what with this version you know I think with the next version, they could, they could, I mean, and they talk about how hard it would be. It wouldn't be hard at all. I know. See, okay. (laughs) One thing I want to go back to is what you said. This is one thing that really pissed me off uh, in the online discussion about this game was lots of people were defending uh, Nintendo's move to not include it saying, oh, all they're doing is localizing. They're not changing anything. Uh, Like you said, they have changed so many games over the year and over the years and some drastically. And also... There are actually plenty of examples in Tomodachi Life itself where they have changed food items, they've changed various, some of the characters, they look different. So I don't buy the idea that they couldn't do it because all they were doing was localizing text. Um, but you're right, I, do, I think it was just never, I think if it was brought up, someone at some point said, no, we're just going to leave it as is. But I don't. It was not impossible. It was not possibly even a lot of work. I have no idea. But <laughs> so I mean, I say even even if you like put the least amount of effort in, and and what you did was you say, okay, we're gonna take, we're gonna make the game think this character is female instead of male, and we're just gonna change the pronouns to male, you know, have have like a, a one flag that changes pronouns. You know, I mean, they could have done just that little thing and that would have allowed for the right. Because I said, that's what you're yeah. doing. You know, I mean, you're not like hacking the game to do that or anything. Yeah. So it, it, it was possible, you know. I, I as, as far as why Nintendo of Europe wouldn't do it. It's a good question. I, I think I think I think for this one, it was already said that, like, you know what? We're not touching it. And nintendo would have been like wait why are you changing that you know like why are you changing our game in that yeah, way i just think it's interesting um, I, because you mentioned of all of the examples of games that come out in europe that don't even make it to the u.s right, so yeah. or north america so it does seem i mean i've never heard of an instance i mean they do change the title of a game for europe versus north america but i've never encountered where they change the actual game in any significant way but there could be examples of that hmm. you know where they localize it for question, the european yeah. audience differently the way they from the way that they localize it for the western audience besides changing yeah. words you know in the in the actual localization yeah. like football or whatever <laughs> but um that i think that would be really interesting i mean if the 
in this case, I do agree that uh, it was probably something that a decision that was made maybe even very early on that they just weren't going to budge on. And I also feel like the big the, the people that were most vocal about it were in America. I didn't really see a lot of Europeans or Australians being vocal about that yeah. issue. So... Well, I'll tell you, you have your own set of oh, what, problems. Uh, let's <laughs> not even on. talk about <laughs> Australia right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so instead, let's talk about my game, which is not placed in Australia, <laughs> but it is Arcadius, as it is Battle Princess of Arcadius, which I'm not even sure if, really, if that's the name of the country or not, because I don't think that it was. But um, so this was a this was a an NIS America release. And it's digital only for PS3. And the, the very first thing you notice if you look at this is it looks like um, like a Chinese knockoff of a Vanillaware game. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, okay, this, this this seems like it'd be like like Odin Sphere or Muramasa or something, but it's by a company that doesn't have the artistic talent of, of Vanillaware. <laughs> so I wasn't sure going in like what I was going to think of it. And I start up and... Um, I'm trying to think like what the actual story kind of was, but you're this princess, and she's she's got red hair, and and she's got a sword, and she loves to go out and and beat things up, and and swing her sword and kill stuff, and and I I, I I'm liking the character already, um, <laughs> and it's like a side scroller, and you're like fighting fighting monsters and everything, and it's a fun little game, you know, it, it's it's kind of like a just like an action adventure beat 'em up kind of game. And I beat the stage, and then it introduced me some of the new characters. And, and so what's going to be is at any one time on a stage, you can have you have three characters, and you can swap in and out. And so the first three we introduced to um, our plume, our, our battle princess. And then, oh, I am going to totally space on their names now. Uh, anyway, um, so it's going to be green hair archery guy so he's basically your your right hand man because in the first stage of the game this is not a spoiler so don't worry uh your right hand man gets killed he's like oh put your faith in this kid and then the the kid comes and then he see he's like he's like unsure of himself you know and he doesn't really know how to fight very well but he's he's earnest and eager and has a good heart you know and then of course there's the cute little uh, mage girl with like the bunny ears and she's like this this little like a 12 year old looking girl but she's of course like this big advisor to the king and stuff um and so you have your, your three characters and it's a very anime stereotypical kind of stuff uh and you're back to the kingdom and you're talking to your brother who's a king and for some reason he's a he's a goose and you don't know why he's a goose and it's it's weird because there's a talking goose and you're meeting other characters and they're like, oh, hey, there was this big dragon who's causing those problems. You need to go out and fight him. And so you go out. And so the very next stage is already a boss battle. This is the second stage. And the game totally changes in how it plays. Because now, as you're fighting this dragon, there's also all these little soldiers running around. It's almost like a real-time strategy game. And so you have to beat the boss and keep your three main characters alive, but you also have to keep enough of your soldiers alive that your entire army isn't wiped out and you have to kind of switch them back and forth all the time between if they're attacking or if they're defending or what they're doing or if they're doing like a special attack and stuff 
So you, you it that it's like it's 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 a weird thing to throw at you like so early in this game, and it's it's kind of hard. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was liking it or not because it was just very frustrating, and the controls were a little awkward and stuff. But I finally got past it, and then the third stage is a completely different thing as well. Yeah. So now, my three main characters are in the foreground, and they're fighting, like the the leader of the opposite army and their kind of small circle of, of guards and then in the background my army is fighting against that army's army if you want to say that so you're having to kind of handle like what the people in the background are doing as they're fighting and making sure uh, it's kind of like a rock paper scissors thing where like okay uh going in i know they're gonna have um uh, uh soldiers regular, regular like foot soldiers and then they're going to have archers, and they're going to have magicians, you know. And I know the foot soldiers are kind of weak to bows, but then the the bow guys are weak to magic, but then the magic guys are weak to swords or whatever. Um, so you kind of you kind of pick which armies you're going to send into battle depending on what you're the ones you're facing. So this is all like very confusing to me at the beginning of the game because it's it you think you know what the game's going to be, but then it throws two other completely different styles of game. Mm-hmm. And so it goes on, and what it is is. You're kind of going back and forth between these three kind of stages. Uh, I would say probably two-thirds of the stages are the standard combat stages where it's a side-scroller and you're just like fighting through and you're you're fighting monsters and stuff and there's that. Then you have the boss battles and you have these kind of like... Um, there's siege battles and there's skirmishes. And I want to say sieges are the boss battles and skirmishes are the ones where you're, the armies are fighting the armies. And it's... Th- the, the game doesn't want to add you not only that, but it, it, it doesn't do a great job of teaching you how to play this game and some of the things you need to know about. So it was kind of frustrating at first, and I was really not sure what I thought of it. But the further I got into it, like I, the more I kind of started liking it. You, you get the kind of hang of, okay, this is what I need to do during boss battles. And you realize you can level up your soldiers, and so then the skirmishes are a little bit easier to handle. But the kind of regular combat stages where you're just the three characters going through and beating stuff up, like, as you play, you'll you'll level your character up, and they unlock new moves, and it's just a whole lot of fun, because it's it's a lot of, like, very combo-y kind of stuff, and there's even some almost, like, fighting game-esque moves you can do. You do, like, a a kind of fireball motion in one of your attack buttons, and you'll do special moves and stuff, and... Those segments of the game are just a whole lot of fun. And part of the reason why is you end up unlocking 10 characters total. And all 10 of those characters just play very differently. But they all are equally as fun. Because um, a lot of games like this, you'll find the characters that, okay, this character is interesting, but their moves are kind of boring, you know. Or this is the character that obviously everyone's going to play. <laughs> but in this game, all 10 characters are are all really cool. And they all have kind of unique elements in them that make them worth playing. And a lot of the characters are very stereotypical. Again, like the kind of anime or Japanese RPG thing. But they all have this kind of like just weird personality quirks that, that kind of make you like them. And, for example, there's, there's this character where uh, he, he, wants to, he wants to see all the girls in the game dressed in lingerie. <laughs> And so he's always, like, talking about how he wants to take the girls shopping to buy, like, panties and stuff, you know. Um, and so you're kind of like, okay, this is going to be the pervert, and they, I know where this is going. But then there's this other 
female character who is obsessed with other girls and you can definitely tell kind of like what her preferences are and she she hates men she doesn't want to be around men or whatever and so like those two characters are often like quarreling back and forth you know because she thinks he's the the weird pervert guy and of course he's a guy already so she doesn't like him and now he's a pervert to all the girls that she likes and wants to protect and then he's like wait a minute why do you have claim over all these girls and something like that? you know and it's like and so i mean there's a lot of these kind of like totally just stereotypical things but they they do little twists with them that are kind of fun and they never they never really get to the point of just being um like kind of pandering or or kind of like overused or anything there i i I always i said i've played plenty of these games from from nis or a bunch of other companies where it's always it's always just been you know i don't i'm not having fun with these characters i'm not liking them i can't relate to them and i i just they're just total fan servicey stuff but all of the characters in in battle princess are just kind of done enough to be uh to have personality to them in, in that way, but but not ratcheted up to be fancers, if that makes any sense at all. Um, it's just I know it's, it's it's like a fun little game, and I mean it's not a, it's not a super great game, but it's it's fun, and it really surprised me because I just was not expecting much from it, and I was especially not liking it at first just because of how hard it is, because it is. Um, one of its biggest problems is that it it's brutal when it comes to having to grind. Mm. Uh, so, you know, so like, for example, those battles where your armies are fighting their army, you know, so let's say you have, you have, uh, I think I want to say six, uh, no, no, seven, maybe seven or eight different soldier types. And, you never know which ones are going to be needed in the next battle. And the progression of enemy levels goes very, very quickly. So let's say you get to this skirmish where, okay, all of a sudden all three of your uh, opponent's armies or, or battalions are level 15, but you're only level 10 at this point. Well, your the level of your soldiers can never go higher than the level of the character that they belong to. So, for example, the Battle Princess Plume... Um, her soldiers are soldiers with swords. They're the kind of ground troops. So if she's at that point is 13, then the highest is that her soldiers can go is 13, so you need to level her up first before you level them up. But leveling takes a long time uh, compared to how things naturally progress. So you have to go back and kind of grind stages over and over again. And then to level your soldiers up costs money, but this game is very, very stingy with money. So there's two different areas where you have to kind of grind. That's for experience points for your own characters and then money to level your, your soldiers up. Okay. So that is one of the kind of downsides. But the, the good part was, as I said, those, those combat stages are, are so much fun that I typically didn't mind having to go back and replay things again. Um, and playing those characters were so much fun that it was, you know, that same thing. So it's not like a super great game. And it's, it's a kind of game where you feel... Like the graphics, you kind of feel like okay, this is a this is a game with somebody who knew what they were trying to do, but they didn't really have all the talents of like some other companies. So you feel like okay, like if this was a vanillaware game or a, a I don't know, say Platinum or Capcom or somebody else, you know, like they probably would have had the know how and the experience to to really 
make everything work together very well. Whereas this team just didn't. And had they had just, you know, a little more experience, a, a, a little more uh, talent in this regard, this could have been a much better game. But as it is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a fun little game. And uh, I definitely was not sad that I played it. Um, I had as much, I had much, I had fun with it the entire time. And I was always kind of thinking about when to go back and play it more. And so it, it said it really surprised me for what I was expecting it to be. Yeah. So, like, have either of you been interested in this game at all? Oh, yes. I've been following it for quite a while. I was really excited that they announced it in English. I, I saw, I, yeah, I saw your post on your oh. site. It was one of the posts <laughs> I was looking at when I was doing oh, research on the game. Oh, so. see, yeah, I don't think, I think yeah. it flew under a lot of people's radars. Like, it just, for whatever reason, is small enough and not the usual Moe Nisa stuff that I don't know. It didn't seem like a lot of people picked up on it. It feels like it feels like a very weird release for them. But I I love it. I mean I was immediately um drawn in by the art style because I just like that style in general. And it kinda it, it, it's 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 nice. It is it's nice. I would say like it it's it's not like uh vanilla wear nice, but it's it's actually yeah, it is and nice. it's not yeah. like mm, I mean, it is anime style in a lot of ways, but it just is different enough that it's intriguing, you know, and I don't know if there's a lot of kind of fan service stuff in, in the game, like with the guy that wants to dress up girls in underwear, but from well, the art that I did see in the screenshots I saw, it just looked, you know, kind of fairy tale-y, and that seemed a bit refreshing in terms of the general uh, Nipponichi kind of games like Disgaea and things like that. I'm not saying they're bad, but it just seemed different enough that I was interested in it so yeah i have a copy well i have a code whatever <laughs> and i'm uh, planning <laughs> on uh picking it up soon but yeah i you know i i think i think kind of what you're talking about in what i was trying to say was the problem is like you know when a lot of games like this especially from nis or other companies is they'll give a character a certain mm. trait and then they'll be like turned turned up to 10 yeah, for all yeah. characters you know it's like and then typically this be like okay this is the dude who just can't stop talking about panties, you know, and, and like is a total perv in every single chance. And so in this game is like, okay, and he's more like a five or a six, maybe a seven sometimes, but not always a seven, you know, where, where it's like, okay, they have that character trait, but it's not always there. Mm. And they bring it out to kind of play up the humor in it, but it's not the only thing that defines who that character is. Mm. Um, and actually my favorite character, and I don't know, I don't know if this is even a spoiler or not, but, uh, so if you're, if you are going to play this game and you don't want to hear anything about it at all in this kind of way, then skip like a few minutes or so. Uh, but there's a character called Odette. And if you see the screenshots in the character, she's like, has like this really long blonde hair and she's like all this frilly dress and the frilly like headgear and stuff. And so she's the sister of the green haired archery guy. Who's kind of your right hand man. And she comes on and she's like, she's like so cute and so bubbly and she's like such a big airhead, you know? And it's funny because when you first meet her, she's like, oh, she's like got this super huge sword and she's just like tearing people <laughs> up. But then she's like, she's like, you know, just like the thumb of the bag of rocks and stuff. And, and it's like a very funny contrast. But then what's just hilarious is she has this just that that typical like super anime trying to be cute voice you know 
and her her way of talking is very cute and everything but then if you pick her on the battlefield to fight as all of a sudden her voice totally changes <laughs> and she's she totally talks rough and she's like this deep voice and you know she's like well i'm gonna kick your ass and stuff like that and it's it just like cracks me up for some reason it's so funny that just like that that you know they they did that kind of play of like where you you think you know who this character is and then as soon as you start playing her she's like totally different <laughs> um so i mean like all all the characters have have do have enough personality that i kind of like enjoyed them as cast members um but it's you know if if you're the kind of person who gets been actually about any kind of like anime-esque stuff then you still probably won't like this but it there it's not as bad as some of the other games i've played like the um oh god what was that series i played it's it's not the atelier game but it's something kind of like that hmm. i don't know but yeah so there you go <laughs> it's 30 bucks on uh digital download if you're here in north america I think um, I think twenty five would be a better price for it, maybe even twenty. But it's thirty dollars isn't the worst thing in the world. So, and with that, we get to our very last segment of the show, and that is the <laughs> nichiest of them all. This is where each of us picks a game, uh, a game that has to have been released at some point in these good old <laughs> United States of Americas. And we try to stump our fellow podcasters and hope that they do not know what our game is or what it's about. And uh, picking randomly today as to who goes first, it's going to be Aeon. Oh, Aeon gosh, going first me? I never go first. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think I always have a caveat before before we do the segment <laughs> of, the, you know, oh, of course you, you two are going to know my game or whatever. But this... <laughs> episode i have a different caveat which is you probably have heard of my game because i've actually talked about it on twitter and i don't really care because Mm. i'm bringing it up because i want to talk about something very specific which may or may not really be related to the game (laughs) anyways (laughs) the the title of this game i don't know if i like this but all right the title of this game is um love sushi rangers and it is for smartphones, oh. Android and iOS. Uh. <laughs> uh. And it's by the developer Koyon Pui. Not that that probably helps. Oh, it helps it. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know the do you know this is Brian? No, I, I was gonna say apparently I missed those tweets where you tweeted about it because uh, <laughs> it's news to me. Um, uh. I think I think it's it's okay. They're, so they're, they're sushi and they have faces on them. So they're like little cute faces on the sushi. <laughs> and it's like an adventure game where you go around and like you collect these little. It's almost like I'm thinking like kind of Dempamen, but with sushi. Oh, I play that, <laughs> but no, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Wait, so what? Hmm. What's the title again? Love Sushi Rangers. Oh, love sushi. <laughs> Well, I am going to say it is your favorite genre of visual <laughs> novel, and um, it takes place in a sushi restaurant. 
I, I can't be any more creative than that that I can think of. <laughs> well, you're pretty much right, Ryan. <laughs> so <laughs> good job. It is an Otome game for smartphones and it does take place in a sushi restaurant in fact the main character who you play as is the daughter of a sushi chef but one day her father says hey you know i really want to go study overseas so i'm gonna go on this like special sushi chef cruise that will teach me to be the best (laughs) chef there ever was and i'm just gonna leave my restaurant in your hands and good luck and he just leaves and you're like, what the hell? I don't even know how to make sushi. I hate sushi or whatever. And um, suddenly, six or so lovely men appear before you, and you think they've broken into your restaurant, but they said, oh, no, we've been here all along. Back in the back room, you know, we're the sushi that your father prepares. And all of them oh. are sushi ingredients. So you have the the egg boy and there's an avocado guy and <laughs> the tuna and salmon are, I think they're brothers actually, tuna and salmon. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just um, really dumb, but really awesome at the same time. <laughs> so you can romance four of them. I was really disappointed you can't do, or there's no route for avocado, who is obviously the best. <laughs> But um, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, like they basically, it's a free to play game, but you don't get very far if you don't show up money or kind of buy into their, you know, every day. If you sign into the game, you get some kind of currency, and you use the currency to sort of unlock the chapters, which is a lot of how these uh, mobile Otome games work. So they give you the intro chapter that introduces you to all the characters, and then you literally select which character's route you want to do, and they give you four options, and then you pick that one, and you'll be like, okay, would you like to read chapter one? That'll be 50 sparkles or whatever the currency is. And yeah, you start with like 80 or something. So I think I got through the first chapter with Tuna, and... um, (laughs) then stopped because I ran out of currency and of course you can buy the currency for an absurd amount of money or you can sign in every day and you get 10 of them and kind of slowly make your way through the game but um I'm not trying to say that it's an awesome game but it's an awesome premise <laughs> and the art is really fun it's it's just it's really silly but the reason why I want to bring it up actually is because the translation is horrible it's really bad and uh, I talk about Otome games all the time, and a lot of people say, well, why don't you talk more about mobile Otome games? Because there are quite a few of them on iOS and Android um, coming out these days. A lot of free-to-play ones where you buy the chapters or whatever. Uh, but the reason why I don't play many of them is because all of the translations are horrible, and I'm really upset <laughs> about it. It's like nobody wants to pay to get a good localization. Uh, or, I don't know, the fans don't complain enough about it, and then the Japanese companies don't want to invest a lot of money. They, you know, they want to try to get it out there as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible, and so they're just really weird translation. So, yeah, I was tweeting some images from the game, which are weird enough because you've got guys like Avocado is speaking, and then they have these really garbled English sentences <laughs> they're saying, why, yes, we are the sushi or something. <laughs> So, so let me ask you then, would you would you rather have them come out with that terrible English or rather come out, have them not, not come out at all? Like, which one's the better way to go? Well, for me, 
I would say just don't bother, honestly, because I don't, the game is 90% reading. I mean, that's why, you know, to get the characterizations and to be immersed in the game, you want to get a good localization. And when you're reading crappy English, it's just really, like, I can't even describe how bad it is. You know, the sentences don't even really make sense. You know, they're not grammatically correct. I don't know who they're getting to do them. They should be hiring me, honestly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, when you when you look at releases like what Axis has been doing with Sweet Fuse and Hakuoki, they really just get, they were able to convey the characters in unique and interesting ways. Like each character sort of had their own speech patterns or whatever. And then there's a lot of internal dialogue explaining the scene or what the main character is thinking. And if that isn't interesting, it's just like, why even bother with it? honestly is my opinion but i'm sure there are people out there would say well you're you're biased because you can read the japanese and yes i am because i would rather play the japanese version but i don't know (laughs) i don't see how anybody could could enjoy them you know these people are there a lot of women out there that are men too that are playing these games and enjoying them because the translation is so bad how could you have fun with it is my opinion Hmm. no that's a totally fair point so there you have it. <laughs> Brian wins this round. Well, but I, I do have to add a footnote where I feel like, did, have you blogged about it before? No, I haven't. Or just on Twitter. Yeah. But when you described it, I feel like maybe I did see a tweet because it sounded <laughs> familiar. So even though I thought I hadn't, let's just say maybe, you know, something in the recesses of my brain might have kicked in. But also, I do know you like your visual novels, so that's where oh, I kind yes. of, I just guessed. Yep. <laughs> so, Brian, what is your game? So, I am going to take the Wayback Machine again with my choice. Mm. Um, and I'm going to have a little preface comment for mine as well. Um, just that some people listening to this might think that this isn't such an unknown release or a, such an unknown game because I know it has been kind of talked about on a few sites in the last like year or two and this is actually where uh, I was totally unaware of it as a kid even though I had a Game Boy and I loved my Game Boy um, but I didn't know about it until recently and I just picked up a copy I don't know maybe within the last six months but anyway the game is I'll first give you the American name um, it's for the Game Boy uh, it's called Cat Trap. Cat Trap. Um, have Have you not done this already? No, I don't. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> or did yeah. I? I, f- I feel like I feel like. Oh my god! Well, it would be. It would make <laughs> sense. I feel like we've done this already. Well, then we're gonna have. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. We'll see. I don't know if I. I honestly, you'd have to look back at the old. Um. Maybe you just know what it is. Oh, no, I mean, I know what it is, but I, I feel like we've also done it, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't, really, I don't know if there's, a, if there's a point to me going on if I've already done Maybe Anne doesn't no, know well, what it is. Well, then that'd be really embarrassing if we already did it and I still don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, here's the thing. Like, like I, I feel like I'm going to screw up what this game is, so... <laughs> There's still a chance for him to, to, to win this one. So Well, okay. Let's just see what you say. It's uh, The North American name is Cat Trap. It was released by Asmic. I believe that's how you say their name. In 1990 yeah. for the Game Boy. Um, 
Japanese name is Pitman. So let's see what you say, and then if you remember, then maybe that means that I didn't say it. I don't. Anne. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know the game. So, I mean, I feel like I've heard of it, but. Uh, <laughs> for a guess, I would say it's like. Hmm. A top-down sort of action-y game where you're in a little maze and you control a cat and you collect like little food items and things to power up. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. See, no. See, I, I am gonna. I'm gonna screw this up. I mean, I know this game now, but it's been. It's like. So I mean, I because I, I think I can picture the cover, and the cover is there's a, there's a girl in the foreground with a little skirt on and everything, and she has cat ears and a tail, and there's a boy, cat guy in the background, and I want to see like a ghost that they're looking at or something, um, and it's like the exacts of the puzzling is where I'm stuck on, because I can't remember. I don't I don't think it's like a I don't think you're pushing blocks, but I, it's it's I want to it's like a one. Green, mazy kind of thing. Maybe it's not even one screen, but like, like every they get stages, and they're kind of like a puzzly thing. And I, I just don't remember what the exacts of playing, it, and that's why I'm going to screw it up. Are um, I don't remember if you're just trying to get to the exit, like both characters to the exit, or if you're even playing both characters at the same time. It's like I, I know yeah. it, I know the game, but I can't explain it. To a point where I might get it right, so that's my explanation. Is you're it's a you have stages and it's a puzzly kind of thing, and you're you're trying to get to an exit with your little cat people. Well, uh, here I'll tell you one thing: you for sure have the cover art down. Which, <laughs> as you're describing it, I'm like, it feels like we've had this conversation before. So now we have to look at the old shows to see if I actually did talk yes. about it. <laughs> Um, I mean, but but but, but to, to be fair, I knew the, of the game long before yes, the show. Yes. It's just I I, I do because I know that game, and I I do feel like we've talked yeah. about it, but I don't know. Well, for here, sure. here's what we'll do. Uh, uh, if I have talked about it, then it will just be a re-education for some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say you're like as close as possible to being right about it because it's a very odd game and like hard to describe how it plays but i guess the best way would be first of all you're right you're like you generally control either a boy or a girl character who for some reason have cat ears and tail even though they're not cats um okay wait wait wait, wait real quick real quick first of all i am sh i am shocked at how right i got the cover <laughs> oh you were exact but no 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 i was not exact because actually the girls in the behind the okay, guy okay. i i was thinking she was in front he was in back but <laughs> I, I, I was right by the ghost, too, on my word. So, sorry, anyway. So ahead. so you are in... Your character is in a single-screen room um, that have various creatures, you know, like a zombie or ghost or maybe a bat. I can't remember what they would all be. Um, but your goal is to rid the room of all of the creatures, and you do that by touching them from the side. So you have to run up to them and just touch them with your character. Um and it has to be to the side. You can't do the top or the bottom. So you're basically going through each stage and like climbing ladders or digging into the earth to get at the various creatures. 
or pushing blocks into pits, which is probably why the Japanese version is Pitman, um, so that you can cross the pit and then touch the characters. And basically, once each stage is um, emptied of the creatures, then you move on to the next stage. Um, and it's just one of those games that like they get progressively harder. And also, it's kind of known for people like to call it, say that it has a time traveling element, which I'm a little. I don't know if I really would call it time travel. Basically, it lets you rewind. Like, if you make a bad choice, you can just hit, I think, the B button, and it rewinds. And as far as you want it to go, you can go all the way back to the beginning of your first move and then start over. Um, and you have to do it a lot because you, it's it's a tough game, and you keep screwing up if you're me. Um, so anyway, it's just a very interesting, kind of cute, puzzle, action-y game. Um, and if I haven't talked about it, <laughs> then you've learned about it now. And if I have talked about it, then I apologize for my uh, brain fart. <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny because, like, there was a period of time when there were, like, so many of these kind of action puzzle games yeah. out there. I mean, like, I think back to Turbo 16, and it had just tons of them. Um, Genesis, Super Nintendo, especially the, the Game Boy had a lot, too. So, like, there was, like just this era where they were all over the place. And, and I mean, we, we do still get some, especially like in the indie scene, but it was like this gigantic boom for a while that again, then just kind of died yeah. out. And this one actually, as far as I'm aware, I think it's on the 3ds eShop everywhere. So I was, I was just trying to check wow. that right yeah. now. So I, and it's one of these, it's a game that, you know, like I said, I, I only found out about it a year ago. I totally ignored it when it was current. Um, but it has, surprisingly cute animations like the way the little characters kind of like hop about when they're running and um the music's cute i don't know i was just really surprised i think i read about it on someone else's you know on one of the larger sites someone was writing about it um but i was kind of surprised at the quality of it given that i'd never heard about it when it was current so i think it's worth checking out if you have a couple bucks in a 3ds or cat trap um Japanese version is very sexist. Why is it pit man? I have no not idea. Like, not like pit pit kitten. <laughs> uh, it is it is three dollars on the American 3DS store. Three bucks. I might have to be. You know, I've never actually played it. Maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I'll finally try it. So. <laughs> I I um man, I really missed the the Game Boy original one. I don't know, like, I mean, obviously at this point we've come so far since then, but, like, I mean, because, you know, I don't know, like, what your, what the two of you's relationship was with the Game Boy, but it was just so crazy having, like, this portable system, and, and there were just all these, like, little, fun little games that just felt so different. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, to me, it's, to, to look at it from 2014, people think it's a joke, you know, how could you play this? Right this huge system with green and black graphics, but at the time... And, and, and no, no background. Right, right. But I mean, at the time, it was like the most amazing... I just remember when it was announced and when it came out, it was amazing. It was like, oh, we have a Nintendo in our hands and nobody cared that... It, I mean, they did care eventually that there was no color on the screen, but at right. first, it was just an amazing oh, yeah. thing. And uh, I don't know, like I actually, this year has been my strange re-obsession with the Game Boy and as I played through a lot of their games, you just find out that they're kind of like precursors to mobile games, but in a way better because they're all yeah. very 
all of the games except for maybe you know like the Final Fantasy Legend games, but they're kind of bite-sized games that at the time you could only play on a handheld and you can play for five or ten minutes at a time and put them back and and people just also had to be really creative in terms of making use of the hardware and not yep. having a completely crappy game results. So there are a lot of interesting ideas that were like never touched on again. So I don't know. It's a really interesting system and catalog for me. Yeah. Uh, I remember being in the car and, and I had a Game Boy and my friend had a Game Boy and we used a cable to play Tetris <laughs> together and that blew our minds yeah. at the point. Uh, what's going to blow your mind is my game for this section. And actually, probably not because this is. I think this is going to be a very, very easy mm. one. But I'm, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping and praying that you, that you people like have no clue what this game is because <laughs> you didn't own the system, you know, and you may have heard of it, but you don't know for sure. And my game is for the Sega Master System, and it is called Golvalius Valley of Doom. Oh. <laughs> I, I like I like these responses. I'm feeling good about these responses here. Uh, I have no do you, idea. Do you... I actually think I kind of know what it is. I've never, I've definitely never played it. I was not a Master System kind of guy as a kid. Um, but isn't it kind of at least somewhat? Zelda-ish, like I feel like though that they're, it's not all top-down like Zelda is. It's there might be side-scrolling elements too. Um, but that's I that's about as far as I can go. Is that it has some Zelda or Zelda two-ishness to it? But I might be wrong. No, you are totally oh. right. Uh, this is this is from Compile, who of course would go on. <laughs> to do things like Puyo Puyo and a bunch of beloved uh, shooters and, and whatnot. Um, it was very, I'm, I'm trying to think. Okay. So this came out on the MSX originally in 1987, the legend of Zelda. When was Zelda? Zelda was 86. So you, you could, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say this is a Zelda a takeoff, but I think it's also fair to say it might've been. It it was so the it has an overworld and the overworld is all top down very much like Zelda, but then whenever you went into the dungeons, the dungeons turned into side scrolling. I want to say either side scrolling or top down with the scrolling vertically up, oh. um, and so there were like different kind of play styles depending on which dungeon it was, and you know I mean like the thing I love about the Master System at the time. It didn't have a lot of games, but it had just the color palette was so much better than the NES. It could do more colors per sprite. It could do a few neat little things. So just visually, it looked really pretty compared to what Zelda was for the time. The characters were very detailed. The the enemies were, were as well. And they had some, really, for the time, pretty big enemy uh, bosses you would fight. And then it was a fun little game. Um, but the thing that I remember most about it was you got to the end of the game... And it says to be continued. And there was never a follow up <laughs> game ever. To this day, I am still waiting for Govelius 2, and I still have not oh. gotten it. Uh, it was for a while on the on iOS, 
and I know okay, I, I actually own it, but I was just checking the store to see, and I can't find it in the store, so the game might have actually been pulled. Mm. Uh, so if, if you were lucky enough, or I don't know if they lucky because I don't think it plays well on, on a touchscreen, but you might have it on the uh, iOS. Otherwise, I don't know that it's out. It's I don't think it's out for any of like the virtual console kind of stuff. So I I mean, look at this point. I, I think probably finding a ROM is is the probably best way to play this game, unless you're gonna somehow find it in a store somewhere that sells Master System cartridges. Uh, I don't know if it's like. It's tough because I have a I have very fond memories of this game, but it's one of those kind of things where what you remember a game being and what it actually is <laughs> if you go back to it can be quite different. So I remember it being it being a fun and you know interesting little adventure game, but I don't know if it holds up to this day. But it was back in the day. It was it was it was cool, and it was it, as somebody who loved Zelda, um, this was a this almost felt kind of like the next generation of mm-hmm. Zelda. In some ways, so it does say there's a spin-off game called Super Cooks, which does not make any sense whatsoever to me, because there was no cooking in this game. I don't know how that would relate to anything, huh. but yeah, there you go. Now, oh look, they're they're cooking. I don't get that. <laughs> hmm. Uh so I think um, unless anything else, that's our podcast. Is there anything else we need to hit on? I don't think so. So Anne is off to Japan, and you're over there for how Three long, Anne? Weeks. Three weeks. And I know I have Comic-Con coming oh. up uh, near the end of July. So maybe in early August we can get together and do another show, possibly. Seeing what other people's schedules are once Anne is back. And if Brian has no <laughs> prior engagements, prior tennis commitments. Because I know, I know, I have PAX Prime in yes, August. Yes, as do I for a change. Are you I going? <gasps> that is so uh, exciting. On Saturday, oh, I only got the one day pass, but I didn't care. I was like, I don't need to go for four days. But okay, so if if my panel's on Saturday, then you absolutely have to come, or I will <laughs> speak to you again. <laughs> Well, I will. I hope it is on Saturday then. Uh, but e- either way, we will have to meet up yes, at some point. I was going to suggest that. that would oh, be I'm fun. so jealous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anne, well, I well, was going to say, it's not like you're going to fly over here from Australia to go to PAX. Anne should go to TGS. Oh, yes. I know someday. And I could meet. I could meet her at TGS. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. That's going to make much different, but it, it's like one week later this mm. year. And so I'm hoping that that one extra week will will make it get cool in in Tokyo. I know it's not gonna do anything, um, but I would love it because I I just I hate being in Japan when it's hot. Mm. It just like it's just a, I mean, it's it, this is like whiny American I know you know <laughs> but like just all the places that don't have air conditioning or just barely have air conditioning you know. And especially given the fact that it's, it's a it's a place where you walk around a lot, um, boy, it can be brutal sometimes. When there's no air. Because mm. I mean, because you're 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 gonna. I don't know. At, at this point, I'm trying to think. I don't know how bad Tokyo is at this. I'm point. told it's pretty bad in 
July, but um, we'll see. I mean, it gets pretty hot here in Brisbane, but I think... I don't know. I thought I was good with weather, you know, but it's winter here now and I'm freezing and, you know, I'm supposed to be a hardened Vermonter, so I think I'm getting soft. I don't know. I'm getting old or something, but yeah. No, no. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, my, my time living in California made me soft to, to weather. I go back home and I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't know how I ever survived <laughs> yeah. it, but um, yeah, cause I'm trying to think, cause I, I'm trying to think of when Tokyo uh, or Osaka, I think we talked about this before, but I don't care <laughs> talking about it again. Uh, I, I think Osaka's rainy season was a, was like around now, and then like August and September and, and kind of part of October was when it was the oh. worst. Well, you know but. they had some freak like hailstorm in Tokyo, like ten centimeters of hail just last week, and then there was flooding because it yeah, melted I saw all, that. all at once. Yeah, and, yeah, crazy weather. So <laughs> hope it doesn't hail yeah. on me. <laughs> <laughs> so what what uh. What one game are you most excited to buy while you're over there? Oh, of are you gonna buy I'm any gonna games? Buy games? But you know, I haven't <laughs> even really thought about that yet. Um, actually, uh, the new Corpse Party game will be coming out on the 27th, so I'm uh, gonna just go ahead and pick that up since Exceed went and announced the PC Corpse Party game instead of this Vita <laughs> one. Yes. So yeah, I think I'll get that. I talked to them. I talked to them. Oh, about did party you stuff. say why? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, of course. No, uh, look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not giving any spoil. Not spoilers. I'm not giving away any secrets or anything. But um, I, I, I think that there's nothing mm. to worry about. <laughs> it's just, it's just. You know what? There's going to be an order to how yeah. things happen, and certain things just make sense to happen first. And again, uh, this is not them telling me any secrets as to what's coming up. I just, that's my feeling. You know, I would say just don't worry yeah, about I it. I think so. I can't wait though. So I'll just go ahead and get it. But, yeah. and you know, it's, it's sad though, but I've been like pre-ordering games and things. So like I could have got, I could have picked up, um, Kotaru no Nikki, the new, uh, Nipponichi game for the Vita, but I wanted to pre-order the... Mm. Actually, I couldn't have picked it up. No, I, I, I did the right thing. Because that one only has a, a, pre, a limited edition physical version, which I pre-ordered. And now I'm hearing it's not that good. So I'm kind of disappointed yeah. that I went and shelled out money oh. for it. But there are some other games, like Otome games, that, you know, if you pre-order them, you get, like, bonus drama CDs or, you know, limited edition telephone cards or dumb stuff that only collectors like me would want. And so those sorts of things that uh, I could pick up the game when it releases while I'm there. But if I want to get the pre-order stuff, I have to pre-order it. So I have all these things <laughs> that are coming to my house while I'm away anyway. So that's sad. You know, I, I talk about niche uh, Vita games. I'm actually kind of excited because uh, so Child of Light is coming to Vita. But in Europe, they're getting a physical release mm -hmm. of the game. So I'm gonna actually order the European version um, because we don't we don't get the we we, like, we a lot of that Vita stuff we get only digitally mm -hmm. at this yeah. point you know so but I'm really curious to like how that game looks on the Vita and just that'd be a fun little Vita yeah, cartridge to have sure. so uh, <laughs> so cool okay so uh, Anne have have I mean I know we'll talk otherwise but have fun in 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 oh you know what I should have done. 
I didn't check if we had any oh, no. email. <laughs> That's really terrible of me. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, I know, I know we're super late already, but let me at least check because I feel, I feel very bad. I last time we came on here and said, "Hey, you should email <laughs> us," and then I think we've said that every if time. I'm, <laughs> if I'm not even checking our mail. That's that's not good of me. If I can find out how to get to our, I don't know how to get to our email. <laughs> no, that's not. That's my old website. Did you did you guys see that you can you can get dot moe oh, URLs yes. now? No. Are you are you gonna get a are you gonna get a chick pixel no. dot moe? Like <laughs> you are or anything? No, they need. I think I. I oh think yeah. You do that. <laughs> Brian, are you uh, no gigamer.moe? No. <laughs> well, have you bought Those one? So, like, pre-ordered I'm, one? Yeah. I think you can, right? I I was thinking about it. You 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 can pre-order right now. And look, I'm 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 not going for any of the pre-ordering because um, that's just going to be out of my price range. And I own too many URLs <laughs> as it is at this point. So the last thing I need is like, more URLs, but. I was kind of thinking that you know, once they come up, if there's if there's one or two certain ones, uh, okay. So we had no email. So that was that was the worst waste well, of time next ever. Time, I can't believe that. People. We got a, one spam. <laughs> that's all we got for internet no. radio. Uh, so you know, like there's like one or two emails that I mean URLs I think would be interesting to get, but I would I would buy it and then I would just do nothing with it. So yeah. I don't know why I would get it. Um, but like, it just made me laugh. Cause I mean, like, I I just, it's funny that they're doing those now, and I'm 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 really curious to see like, which URLs were like, the really <laughs> popular ones. Everybody, like, I know Ugu was like yeah. one of the big ones. You know, the U G U U, that Moe, and and I'm curious like what other ones are gonna be the sought after. <laughs> Moe or so. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we have no email, you know, and if you want to help us not feel like lo- lonely losers who get no email, you can email us, and our email address is in the show notes. It is uh, nichiest or nichiest at morningproject.com, but it's in the show notes, and if you want to tweet at, at us, all of our, of our tweeters' uh, names are in there, too, and everything, and Anne's going to Japan, and she's never coming back, so <laughs> she won't be on the show anymore. So it'll be me and Brian, and we need to find a new Australian girl to replace her. So if you're in Australia, and if you're a girl, or if you at least can sound like one, and if you if you like boys' love, then drop us an email so that we can ha- bring you on and replace Anne, uh, and hopefully then we'll do another show uh, soon. So for my cohorts, Anne and Brian, this is Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of the Nichiest Podcast Ever. 